Folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. It's always one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, today is Tuesday, August the 2nd, 2022, and this is episode 3136 of the Survival Podcast, episode 13 of the Bitcoin Breakout. And I've got a really special one for you today. I have Guy Swan and Brian Harrington returning. They've both been on the show fairly recently, individually, and now they're coming back together. I asked them to do this, and it's because I wanted to discuss what are called Layer 3 solutions for Bitcoin. So Layer one's Bitcoin. It's the Bitcoin that you know and love, that's been around forever and a day. There is only one Layer 1. Layer 2, in this case, We're building on top of a layer two that we call the Lightning Network, but there is more than one layer two solution. A layer two solution would also be something like liquid that we won't get into today. But you got layer one, then layer two sits on top of that. A layer three app is an app that sits on, guess what, a layer two app. So what that would mean now is when you look at something like the Fountain app for podcasting, and you guys are able to send me boostograms and stuff like that, And I'm able to like see somebody make a clip of mine and say I really like what they did there, and I can give them a few likes and give them 100 sats and stuff like that. That's a Layer 3 app. Strike. The Strike app is a Layer 3 app where you can deposit dollars, send dollars, but the other side receives Bitcoin or Bitcoin in Lightning form. It's on top of that Layer 2 solution. And we have just begun. We have just begun. And I started kind of brain surfing, right? Like, what could you do? And so I took out my cell phone, and I just opened it up, and I started looking at all the apps on my phone. Now, I don't know how much we would do with, like, the picture, like the, the pictures app where you access your pictures that you keep for yourself and your family. But when I started looking at, like, any app that was something that some third party was doing commercially, it was like... Gee, I can monetize everything. I'm sitting here looking at my phone right now. One of the apps I see on it is the Fold Card. I really recommend you get the Fold Card. We'll talk about that a lot in the future, I'm sure. But basically, if you go to the Bitcoin Breakout, you can click on uh, Bitcoin Tools, and you'll see all the stuff I recommend. You can read up on the Fold Card. And I'd appreciate it if you're going to get the Fold Card if you go through there and be part of my spin squad. Don't worry what that means. You'll find out after you become a Fold member. But with Fold, I basically use a debit card that I can fund from things like my PayPal account, my bank account, etc. And I pay my bills with it, and I get sats back in Bitcoin. So that's an app that's also a Layer 3 app. So now we take a payment app, and we turn it into a Layer 3 app. Because that's kind of what Strike is. But this is different. This is different. And, and it's not just letting me use something to pay with Bitcoin. It's actually letting me do business with people that require fiat and giving me Bitcoin in return. So clearly every app that's a payment app, PayPal, etc., could be empowered one way or another as a Layer 3 app. Right? But I'm also sitting here and I'm looking, and I have Audible. 
because I like audio. Imagine that, a podcaster that likes audio. So I listen to audiobooks because I generally don't have a ton of time to sit around and read. And so when I want to take material in, just like you do with podcasts, I'll bring up the Audible app and I'll listen to a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, that I've wanted to read and haven't had time to because audio is powerful. Like, well, well, can't we, if we can, if we can monetize podcasting, can't we monetize audiobooks? I think audiobooks could just go right into podcasting apps in, in some ways, but wouldn't it be great if there was a monetized Audible? That would be another example. And as I look through what's on my phone, I have the Waze app. Most of you do. We're going to talk about that one deeply today with Brian and Guy. I mean, why wouldn't you monetize the Waze app? If, if one of the things Waze is selling is, hey, when you're hauling ass doing 85 on the highway in the speed limit 70, and there's a cop, other Waze user sees the cop, he'll rat the cop out for you, and you'll know there's a cop ahead. Well, if the app was monetized, wouldn't you be more wouldn't you be more likely to use it? So, okay, so navigation apps we we could monetize. What about weather apps? So when I'm you know using the, the Fox WAP W A P P, that's the weather app I use the most. I'll see things like you know expect light rain to begin in ten minutes, kind of like it was in uh, Back to the Future. Remember that, right? And it was in a newspaper. Well, how did that happen? Well, they actually have a, a way there where you can say it's raining right now. It's not just radar indicated. People are asking, well, what if what if the person who reported it could get a little a little tip for doing so? And what if you could monetize this where there's enough commerce on the app that the person that made the app could make money from the app without like harvesting and selling all your data? So then I started trying this a different way. I started looking at the apps on my phone and saying of the apps I actually use, I have a phishing app that gives me hotspots to go fishing in my area. For instance, uh, I have an app that lets me read ebooks, right? The Kindle app. And I started asking myself, well, is there really any app that couldn't be monetized? And if something can be monetized, won't it be monetized? And if it is monetized, will it work better? And if it works better, what does that mean for the apps that don't do it, that compete with it? And I said, you know what? We got to talk about this. So I was going to do it on my own. And then I thought, you know, no, this is something we need, you know, multiple brains on. Two is one, one is none, and three is for me. And that's what you're going to get today. Three minds examining the Layer 3 revolution. Guy Swan, Brian Harrington, and myself. So we'll bring them on in just a minute. Before we do, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day number one today is ButcherBox.com. Guys, I'll tell you what, ButcherBox is the only sponsor I have. They don't pay me with money. They don't pay you with money. What do they pay you with? They pay with meat. That's right. A great big box of meat shows up at my house every month. Keeps my freezer full of grass-fed beef, pastured pork, and pastured poultry. You can have a great big box of meat at your house, too. For great pricing, you can learn more at ButcherBox.com. If you're going to sign up with ButcherBox and you're not a member of my members program, you need to join or else you hate money. I mean, really. I mean, seriously. Like, It's $10 a month off your box. Year-round, that's $120 a month. My membership is 50 bucks a year. So that's 70 bucks in profit. But don't hate money, man. The the, the, the membership program is on sale for 30 bucks with discount code, code TROLL right now. And so if you do that, you're, you're 
you're profiting $90 a month just on one vendor. And ButcherBox is great. They're the only sponsor I have that pays me in product. I love them. If you give them a shot, you'll see why. They've been a sponsor now five years. They're a mega brand now. They're on network television and all that. When they started with us, nobody knew who they were. They've never forgotten that, and they've always been good to us. You'll learn more at ButcherBox.com. Next up today, another huge brand now. Really big brand that when they started with us, they really weren't well-known. They had done a Kickstarter and just getting started. The Ridge Wallet. Now, we talk all the time about how you need to use a good quality Bitcoin wallet like uh, a Trezor or a Ledger Nano or a Bitbox or something if you're going to use a, uh, a hardware wallet or at least a really good quality software wallet, something like uh, Exodus Wallet. But most of us have cards and IDs and things we need to carry around too. And you need to think about security in that. You notice that all those little chips in there? A chip can be read, and you can buy equipment to read the chip on eBay, and you can go around and, and wand people's asses in handbags and purses, and you can steal their identity. It's true. Go look it up on YouTube and see how it's done. My stuff is encased in titanium in this wonderful minimalist wallet, and I am protected from that type of activity. You should be too. And if you like EDC stuff, they have a tremendous amount of EDC stuff. For my folks on the Bitcoin Breakout only, you don't know what EDC means, that's why you should be listening to the Survival Podcast too. I'm not even going to tell you. You're going to have to look it up yourself if you don't know. But check it out at RidgeWallet.com. And another company, 10% off everything they sell for my members. Now, with that, let us dive directly in to our live stream today with Guy Swan, or I should say the Guy Swan himself, who's an amazing guy who I was very excited the first time he agreed to be on the show. And I was so happy when he agreed to this discussion. And Brian Harrington. Brian Harrington, who got me to say on the last time he was on, who knows what he'll do this time, that that Bitcoin was to economic equations as the speed of light was to physics. These are guys that really think and make you think, and with that, let's drop into the live feed. Well, hey, folks there. Welcome to episode 13 of the Bitcoin Breakout. I think it's 31, 36 of the Survival Podcast at the same time. I have a really special show for you guys today. I have Brian Harrington and the guy Swan on, and we're going to be talking about the Layer 3 revolution. I do see some chatter on my channel, people wondering what happened to the video this morning that I did with John Willis and Nicole Sauce. The YouTube Gestapo did not take it down. I did. I decided to give John and Nicole exclusive on that video and let them have exclusive on it. So you can go find it on their channels uh, unrelated to this. So the reason we're doing this today is I've been thinking more and more about Layer 3, uh, using Lightning as Layer 2 and Layer 3 applications, like the Fountain app that many of you guys are familiar with out there. And I was like, you know what? This is going to eat everything. Like, I always said Bitcoin would eat everything, but I didn't know how Bitcoin was going to eat everything. And now that I see this, this massive app rollout beginning and just beginning, and Guy, I was just listening to your most recent episode, uh, and you were talking about a, a messaging app. That, that's, that's basically in this vein as well. Yeah, and please. I was like, I want to do a show on this. And I'm like, I need, I need more minds than my own on this so that we can kind of roundtable it. So uh, thank you both for being here. Would, would both of you maybe just say a, a word or two uh, leading off to kind of where do you see this all going with basically monetizing apps and using app monetization to make them better and also to reduce abuse? I can go first. So to the, to the audience, so I, look, I I was behind on this. And this morning, like being on to talk to you all, like Jack, this was a great force and function for me because I had been watching a lot of like payment splits and kind of like very new 
things happening, but I hadn't dove in, wasn't running any of the apps on my phone yet. So this morning I started running Fountain, working on getting my show, like signed up for it right now. Like when I think about payment splits the most, I've just been really on kind of like a brick and mortar like kick, which is part of why I've been behind like on this. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm like coming into it today. But I can just already see that have, being able to have payment splits, I think it just helps. It helps like run better tests of things and it helps smaller ideas gain traction like faster because you can feel the monetization starting. So that's kind of where my brain is like starting the conversation. Yeah, I think there's a good analogy actually between what the internet did for, um, for like the typical business. Um, is it like, you know, a small business that could run a simple website could look just as big on the internet as the biggest biz- mm-hmm. business in the world, right? And in that same vein, is it like we can have any sort of royalty split or payment arrangement that we could dream up between just the three of us? There's no third party. There's mm-hmm. nobody else involved. I don't have to ask permission. Nobody has to get a license. I can plug it into my BTC pay. I can plug it into my, my fountain app. I can plug it into any of the 13 or 15 wallets or so that I have on my phone. Like it's just open. Um, you know, I, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day, but it's still like every once in a while, I still just kind of like stop and go, holy shit, I'm running my own payment processor on my website. You know, like people, I <laughs> like I like when I the, the amount of times that I fight with integration with WooCommerce or Square or some stupid thing that doesn't give me the feature or the thing that I want. The fact that like that's just not even part of my world anymore because I've just decided to just ignore it. Like I'm yeah. just, I, I think it's just a matter of time. Like this is going to happen. Like it was so cool. I didn't even know we were gonna do the like split payment for this. And the fact that I was just like already on Fountain and you're like, okay, well I've got your pub key, so you know, just split immediate split payment for this show. Like I was just, I was just like, that's that's cool as shit. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even have to do anything. We just set up a split royalty payment for a podcast. Like in no time over email, like yeah, it just that's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, we're doing the live feed now, and I'll I'll publish the audio after the fact. And when I do that, I'll go into Fountain, but it could be any app or any way of managing it. And I'll just say, give twenty percent to Guy and give twenty percent to Brian. And Brian and I were talking before this, and he was trying to get his podcast claim, and I'm like, he's like, but I don't need my. And I know you don't need your podcast. I mean, you just need an account or a pub key, and then. Instead of like, I do a 20% split with my web admin for everything that we do with the podcast because he takes care of so much stuff, does so much work. Well, I'm not paying him. So we'll get to the tax disintermediation there in a second. But the, the, the fact that I can then say, but I want for just this one episode to take these two awesome guys and cut them in at 20% on any booster rams or streams as well. That's, that's huge. And then, you know, where, where can we go from that? Like, Somewhere halfway between brick and mortar is a physical deliverable product. And I'm uh, by Friday next week, I should have my new swag store launched where we're going to be doing print on demand shirts, cups, all that, you know, stuff everybody does. And I don't think we're quite where we can do this just yet, but wouldn't it be great if a customer made a payment, the amount that has to go to the print on demand company went to them, the amount that has to go to the people that run my swag shop for me goes to them, and the amount that comes to me goes to me. And that's instantaneous, instant settlement. It's done. It doesn't even matter if it's dollars on one side and either Bitcoin or dollars on the other. We can still do that split using Lightning. 
And but the beautiful thing is the way this manual process works, like my people are going to have to once a quarter give me a report. That report's going to say what they sold, what they owe me. Then they're paying me. So then there's a W, uh, W4 or whatever at the end of that. Like if you do this thing, you disintermediate this entire process. Even if everybody's paying the man their share, you're still dis- disintermediating this massive amount of administration and it's clean. Yeah. You know, they, it, it just, just in mentioning that with like merchandise and like physical, um, uh, physical products and stuff. You think about it, like this is actually one of those things that could lead to a freemium model in the physical world. When, yes. when you're talking about like how Anchor or like some of these like hosting places will actually offer you the original service for free in order to get royalties or shares of what you're doing later on. Is mm-hmm. it with specifically with the birth of like additive manufacturing and 3D printing and things where you can iterate very, very quickly and you can easily and cheaply make custom items. You could. You could literally have it so that like you could reach out and if you had like any size followers or any number of things that you could offer a product and then just split share with the brand, like every single product in your store could split with a different person that you sold. And you could have basically just this aggregate producer that partnered Mm -hmm. with all of these different people. And minimums, like the minimums are what's stopping that crossover everywhere right now. Like the minimum, because like certain fulfillment at every level and payment processors at every level, there's a minimum and you'll like hit that. And that's what messes up like fledgling like partnerships. And what's, what's the minimum (laughs) on lightning? Like I've like nothing. There's, I mean, yeah, one set maybe. Um, it just, there's like this could, there could be nobody on fountain listening to this. You could get one boost, a hundred sats, 20 will go to Brian, 20 will go to me, 80 or 60 will go to survival pod. You know, like that's yeah. just nuts. And 20 will go to Tom or, you know, it was a little bit less. Oh, yeah, what, whatever. Fountain will get yeah, their yeah. four, right? Like, but that's fine because they've made my job of, of managing those splits. I have an app and I can do it in seconds. I can do it. I'm not going to miss key something and all of a sudden Brian's getting 90% of the show, the whole show, right? Like, and if, even if I do it, like as soon as I see it, I can just turn it off and change it, right? And that, to me, that's, that's, that's really exciting and it starts to like make me wonder what else we can do. And so one of the things I kind of sent you guys back channel when I started this up is I started thinking about doing this episode when I was on my way back from Tennessee and I was hooking like 98. <laughs> And I see the thing comes up on ways and it's like little flashing lights. There's a cop ahead. So I slow it down and man, it was just in time. He was out. He had his John Law gun out there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoever reported him just saved me an encounter with law enforcement that I don't want. Probably a pretty nasty ticket. Right. And everything's legal, but I got guns in the vehicle. I got all kinds of gear because I've gone to an event. It, you know, begets a lot of questions. Even if nothing bad happens, I might have been there for half an hour while they're, well, what's this? What's that? Like, if I could have said, dude, here's five bucks. Thank I, you. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even have, like, my wife would have been like, five bucks? Like, give them ten. Give them, like, I, I, was, I mean, I was looking ass on that particular one. Another one I was like, ten over. I probably have been like, give that guy five bucks or two or a dollar. But how many hundreds or thousands of people saw that alert slowed down and didn't get a ticket or an encounter because of that? And I would just ask you, like, if you if you guys use Waze or an app like it. 
I did while I was out in L.A., um, and yeah. I actually don't know what made me. Maybe it was like a new phone or something. I never re-downloaded yeah. it, and I have not even hadn't thought about it in ages, actually. Yeah, um, I don't but, really use it unless I'm traveling long distance. You know, that's – and I don't know what I'm going. But, like, if yeah. if it was monetized that way and you knew, hey, if I use this, Road Hazards, John Law, et cetera, are all going to get tagged – because the person tagging it has the potential to gain, the mm-hmm. app would work better. And, and if I was choosing between two apps and one was monetized and one wasn't, which one are you going to use? Yeah. It's, it's micro incentives, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially like in the, the crowd economy, like, cause there's something really unique. There's a really interesting trade off between like taking the wisdom of the crowd and using the, the efficiency from like a centralized service or a centralized idea. And the internet was truly the, the, the beautiful thing about the internet was finding tools to use the wisdom of the crowd, um, and knowing where to lean on them and where not to. Wikipedia is, is one of the seven wonders of the modern world. It is unbelievable that Wikipedia can possibly exist as a free to edit idea. Um, like that, it really truly is incredible. And we curate all of the content on the internet. Again, you know, everybody knows this, but Twitter, Facebook, like these institutions, they don't make content. We make the content mm-hmm. for them. 30 years ago, if you explained that all the average users were going to engage and make the content, not only would they, like, I don't have to speculate. They literally did. People proposed this and, you know, TV executives laughed them out of the room. They were like, that's retarded. People want to sit on their couch and just be fed stuff. Nobody's going to interact with it. Nobody's going to make content. YouTube is going to be the biggest disaster in the world. It makes no <laughs> sense. And it's the largest media platform on the planet. Who knew? It is. The ability to do that in an entirely new way to find monetization methods of that that are without the centralized parties is a secondary is a second level revolution of that exact same movement um it's the ability to properly incentivize and monetize good content to separate the quality without having the control or the third party involved um mm-hmm. and when there are going to be there's going to be a hundred different ways that we try value for value and streaming sats and the shit's not going to work. There's going to be yes. all these different ways where we don't realize exactly the cost of the microtransaction and just having to think about, is this worth a penny or two pennies? You know, like we're like it, that, that judgment is just too difficult, but there's going to be something that clicks. There's going to be something that just is simple. It's like a standard and it just sticks and it works and it makes something it just makes something work that didn't work before. And when that happens, it's going to be like an avalanche. Like everything is going to move in an incre- at an incredible speed. Um, and I think we're, I feel like, I feel like we're getting close. I don't know. Like maybe I'm overzealous because I use all of the little tools and I love it. And I thought it was just cool as shit that I, you know, read the email. It's like your pub keys in there and I've already split payment. And I'm like, hot damn, that's cool. You know, but but I don't know. It's 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 going to be crazy. Something is going to happen. I think that was really well articulated because the the majority of like decentralization movements are like anti-establishment movements. Like like come people the people that start them off get burnt out. 
to get burnt out because you're trying to push a very large rock and trying to push this very large thing. But now because of monetization, you're able to like get paid to grow it. Like, and that's why bit like Bitcoin is the most well-financed anti-establishment like creation that's ever existed. Like, and so that, um, yeah, that's interesting because, because we can't, I was thinking about this in preparation for today. Like, I, I understand like the anti like big tech, I guess stuff, but I've kind of always thought about like, we, I don't want to fight the government and the tech companies at the same time. Like that's just way too much work. Like that's just way, guys, that's just way too much work. Like, so all of the like banging on the tech executives and stuff, I'm just like, I don't have, like, I just left politics. Like I'm trying to stop banging on politicians. I'm trying to just ignore that and just do my like, thing i don't want to then find a whole new angle of like banging on these guys instead where it's like beer uh, here's a brick a brick and mortar example i always give to people is like you know a triple a like you can go buy your stickers for your like license plate at triple a like instead of standing in the line over here you can pay this company to get the stickers here and that's like solving something like you're just you're solving all the stress of going to the dmv solving all like now there's this like all of the bureaucracy everywhere we face central planning and side effects from central planning you're you can find little paths through it little paths through it and the people that build the little paths through it can get paid because then the other problem like this someone able to write a program that then sends out micro splits like that then whoever writes the program the simplest for like quote unquote normies to sign up for can get paid like like even today yeah like they can get paid and i think this is like like in crypto they talk a lot about like DAOs. like this is a DAO. like you don't have to overcomplicate it like you don't have to overcomplicate the blockchain like why you don't yeah like and that's why i just i enjoy relaying this to people like you don't have to you don't have to overcomplicate the word metaverse you don't have to overcomplicate the word DAO. Like I'm talking to Jack and Guy right now in the metaverse and we have a DAO for this episode because we're all getting paid. You know, like we're using technology, using Bitcoin to spread positive information in a way that's like sustainable and not burning us out. Like that is cool. Yeah, and I think there's like a lot of room to do more. So for instance, um, that won't happen until the audio side goes out because it's through the audio podcast that that payment comes in. Mm-hmm. But I use the Aldi extension right now. So if somebody is sitting here in a browser watching this video, they could they could tip me with lightning right now or give me value for value with lightning with the Aldi extension. Wouldn't it be great if that was splittable? So that right now, during the live stream, we have that DAO structure going that somebody's like, you know what, these guys are awesome. Here's, here's 50 bucks, and it just goes boom. Well, we're... We're kind of building something like that right now for a different project, but it would then, that's the thing. You build it for something totally use case specific, but then it works for anything you, you, like, and that's the beauty of this. If it's going to be a tech arms race, when you build a piece of tech and kind of an open source model, then making it do something else is way easier than making it work the first time. And so that could scale anywhere. There's so many places this. I think should go. I look at. I just look at my phone and start saying, okay, what apps do I use regularly? I use Kindle because, well, everything's on Kindle. But you'll be reading a book and somebody will highlight something. You're like, maybe I should pay a little more attention to that, right? So you pay, and you know what? I'm going to highlight that too because that is a good excerpt. I'm going to want to have that kind of in my bank of things to review in the future. 
what if when I did that, that person got a tip? Or what if I read something that's really profound and I just say, you know what, this author's awesome. I want to do that. Or here's a funny drunken wife story. So my wife was pretty lit one night. And we were listening to old music, and we were listening to uh, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. We were listening to the whole album because it's like a whole orchestratic thing. And she goes, you know what? We should call Meatloaf and tell him he rocks. I bet no one ever tells him he rocks anymore, and he still rocks. And I'm like, wow, what if she could just say, you know, I'm really enjoying it, and I hear five bucks to Meatloaf. Like, how much better is that than the model that he has with Spotify or whoever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what can't you do that with? Like yeah. Audible.com, right? Not Bitcoin Audible, but Audible.com. People listen to audiobooks on there. And you have some books, I think, that are on Audible, right, guy, that you read that are now available yeah, on like Audible? Yeah, like 14. Yeah, what if, what <laughs> yeah. if every time, like, if they were basically somebody, when they were listening to an audiobook app, were streaming sats to you as the author and narrator the same way they, they stream sats to, to, to me when they listen to my podcast, or if you wrote the book and you weren't the narrator or you have the deal with the, because that's what you do. I think you're the narrator. Somebody else wrote the book that yes. could split while that app's being listened to. It and could split I while the app is being listened to and you could remove audible from the 60% cut. This intermediate, <laughs> like the, you can take audible from a 60% to a 4% ish share because if yeah. somebody's doing all that back end for me and I don't have to touch it, they want four or 5%. Mm-hmm. You could have it. Or have you it's also better for the, it's also better for the listener then because you don't have to pay for a logged subscription. You're not locked into a payment plan because that again back to the minimums. The whole reason why software as a service is selling payment plans and everything's fifteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars a month now is because they have to hit these minimums. Like for this, so they're writing the software, they're putting all this upfront cost into writing the software, and then they're having to sell monthly subscriptions at the minimums that make sense for the credit card and for all their like overhead. And so that's why all our credit cards are dinged for all of these like things. But it's it's almost then like pay per mile insurance or pay like pay per yeah your everything becomes pay per view. So I just want to throw that out there. Like it sounds like because people have said the other side of like oh this is bad now I'm just gonna get like nickel and dimed everywhere I go. But it's like the market will then set the rate. Like the market will set the rate, and I don't think it'll feel like we already feel nickel and dimed by like having to sign up for subscriptions everywhere. Yeah, yeah and, but so like that's that's really starts to show the the creator the value that they're putting out and where it is. So I can pull up Fountain, I can just literally watch and see transactions coming in every minute. So I might see three or four mm-hmm. people at one time streaming me sats as the podcast going. And when I see a guy like and he's streaming like eight sats a minute, and then all of a sudden he's only there for like ten minutes and he goes away. I I guess he was, and then I see him come back and he readjusted his sats to four. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not really hitting his – it's still good. But he's setting his own rate for that, right? Mm-hmm. Or then you see somebody, like, they're, they're streaming, like, two, and they come back and also they're streaming, like, 20 sats a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. – like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I'm really mm-hmm. jiving with this guy. And I think that apps like Breeze and Fountain and stuff in the podcast space, they might have a whole new monetization level because if I had, like, a place I could log in and I could see, like, these are the parts of my show where people really pay attention yeah. – and these are the parts where they don't, I can make my product better yep. or yep. like software as a service. Yep. If I'm built, if I build this software suite and it's $299 a year, there's a lot of them like that. They're ASP software now. And, but yep. now you can rent it by uh, 10 minute blocks. And I find yep. out that all the people renting it are using 20% of the features and the other 80% that my devs are so sure is the best thing that's ever, no one yep. uses it. No one cares. Stop working on that. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, there's um, that's actually what I I brought up. While I was talking to uh, there's a new uh, app. They don't have there's only like four or five things that are basically debuting to test out like how it works. Um, but it's called Git Mash. I just did an interview with uh, Jesse Berger, the um, author of Magic Internet Money, uh, and then Jared uh, Nusinoff, who uh, is I think is like lead product at uh, Git Mash. But it's a uh, fiat onboarding, so so you just like pay with a credit card or whatever, and it automatically gives you the equivalent on Lightning, and then you can just integrate with any of these sorts of services. And it's essentially just like a couple of lines of code that you put into your website or something, and then you can do all sorts of things. You can do streaming sats. You can do like what they've got with um, uh, Jesse Berger's book, which is what they're kind of testing out this idea with, um, is uh, pay per page. Um, that you can mm. just, you can freely just, the book is just available mm. and you go to it, you log in the mash and it tells you what the, the quote unquote rate is. And you can set like your budget, like by default, you do that once. And then that's just kind of what happens when you go to any page that runs with this. Um, and, uh, and you just browse through the book. So if somebody quotes like a certain part and you're like, Oh, I just want to read this chapter. You could just go read the chapter and you pay 90 cent or a buck 20 or something like that for just the chapter. And if you want to read the whole book, you just get the whole book. But the, the, you start to see the window. You know, what happened with the subscription model is that media on the internet, when, when the, the, the medium itself that we receive content over was finally embraced when we realized the new era that we were in, what happened is that the the content itself got dematerialized. Mm-hmm. The 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 point of owning the content kind of fell away because you could you you entered this new space where you could simply buy a subscription to all content that exists in a sense. Is that all of it was just available and you paid for the platform that ex- that accessed it for you. And this takes it one step backs it up one step further is that you could actually have all content of all kinds like looking at this on the long trend line of like where could where could we end up at this could be a situation where literally our ability to access and filter content is legitimately just a protocol it's just a series of hosts and a series of pub keys as to who gets paid while you're browsing and everything is just available yeah. Everything, nothing is behind a paywall. Nothing is like if you just want, you just browse and explore and then you can turn right around and host and produce and everything is just a feedback of whether sats are going out or sats are coming in. Like that's kind of the end game of this is that just all content simply exists and you can just navigate it freely. Um, and you simply pay for what you consume, period. I mean, like a good example with the magic internet money is that like if you read three chapters or four chapters or something like that, you pay for that and ends up actually paying in like micro payments the amount that is the full book, then you just get then the book is just unlocked for you. Like Yeah, yeah. That's what I I was listening to something, I think it was on your show about that guy where you know that was like once you get to a certain point, then it just opens everything up because you could have had all you can eat access. You've now obtained that and if it's like a monthly you get the rest of the month unlimited and you stop streaming that would be cool when i think about the the streaming video content though i think of things like there was a meme went out a few years ago and it was like the anakin obi-wan final scene in the lava and you know anakin is netflix 
and then it turns back on and it's like Anakin's Netflix and Hulu and all the other streaming services. And it's like, you were supposed to be the chosen one, you know? And like all of a sudden, like it was like you bought Netflix, you had access to everything. And then all of a sudden, well, this was on Apple TV. This was on Hulu. This was on Peacock. This was on Paramount streaming. And now all of it was more expensive than cable when you put it back together. So you end up with things like if there's something we really want to watch, we'll wait till the whole series drops. We'll get that subscription for a month. We'll yep. binge it and then we'll turn it off. Like if it's on Netflix, yep. we'll have Netflix for one month. Well, if I can just watch Yellowstone when it comes out, then I, and if I, if I just like, if, if Brian tells me, Hey, there's this new show called whatever, it's awesome. And I start watching it in five minutes and I'm like, Brian's nuts. This sucks. I paid for five minutes of it. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm not upset, which I think long term makes more consumers. Because people yep. are more willing to give you a shake if they're not having to yep. buy into a month or a you know twenty dollars for the season one or whatever. Yep. That's one thing. Yep. That's one thing that I've always thought about. Like BitTorrent um, is you know people always say that it like steals revenue or whatever from artists or whatever. And yeah. like not only in my personal experience, but just in general. And I I've, uh, there was actually an MIT study from a whole group like a group of like. I don't know, eight or 10 students or something that did like some deep analysis on this and actually suggested that BitTorrent actually was a huge boon to obscure content and to stuff that people generally yes. did not watch. Um, it was the, it was the opposite effect that a lot of people claimed. Um, and it's purely because when you get it for free, you're willing to, and, and like as somebody, like we, my dad and I, I, I was, I did film in school. Um, I went to film school and I'm a huge, huge movie buff. I, if there's something even half decent, I want to go to the theater. I want the experience, you know? Um, and my brother and I, I mean, my, uh, my dad, my brother and I would literally collect DVDs. Like we just, we actually still have a DVD movie collection that's 5,000, 6,000 movies. Like it's, it's, it's massive. If they're worth anything, it's a good savings account, but they're probably not worth anything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, in that vein, I ended up finding and like I downloaded a lot on BitTorrent as well. Um, but so many things were either a redundant because I always wanted a physical copy of it to own myself or B, but, but I ended up watching stuff on my computer or on media that could, was connected to my TV more often and the DVD kind of just became a hassle. Um, or I was downloading stuff that I would never ever have watched. I never, ever would have gone to the theater to watch it. I wouldn't have gotten it on DVD, but I just wasn't doing anything. I kind of, I treat it like podcasts, right? Is sometimes I'll just turn something on and just see if it's any good. I'll be doing chores and I'll just turn on some movie that I'd never seen before. And I'll be like, holy shit, this is a great movie. And then I'll learn about a director. I'll, I'll kind of, I want my own copy of it. Like I'll start looking for these content for creators, for these artists again, because I was exposed to something that just never would have been on my, in my realm of testing things. Had there been a $10 barrier, you know, had there been a $20 upfront cost to go get it. See, I, I look at all this and it, it makes me think of a couple things. One is there's this old kind of uh, new age type book called Solstein prophecy. And one of the tenants in it was that we would get to a tipping economy like you'd be walking down the street and you'd meet somebody and you'd be like, I'm trying to find this place. And they'd say it's over here and they'd give you a buck or two, which sounds ridiculous. And when this book was written, there was no, like, there was the proto internet. There was certainly no cryptocurrency. 
But then you look at what's going on now, because if, if I met you guy and you didn't know me from Adam and I said, hey, I'm looking for, you know, Dick's Barbecue. And you're like, oh, it's right over there. And I tried to give you a dollar. You're going to be like, dude, I, I don't want your dollar. Right. <laughs> and, and it would be awkward. But if, if you were in an app, a directory app, and I threw you some saps, you'd be like, that's cool. But right? everybody's cool with it. You, you've now made yeah. that that exchange of value comfortable. But the other thing is just the, the sheer generosity of people willing to do stuff like that if you make it easy. So here's an example. This is also predating cryptocurrency anyway. Way back in the dawn of the Internet, I started doing a lot of uh, arbitrage, things like pushing traffic around and making money off of, you know, simple web pages. And the main way we did it back then was a product called Google AdSense, which is still how you make money on videos on YouTube today. That's the, the where it came from. And I heard about this dude named Perry Marshall had this book called The AdSense Code that said you could quadruple or even 10 times your earnings on your AdSense if you got this book. A little ebook, 50 pages, 99 bucks. So I go to his website, I look at it, and he's got testimonials. And the people's testimonials are listing the, their websites. So I'm like, I know how to do it. So I look up the person's website. I look at the ads, and I go, oh, I see what you did. And it was basically you made the ads look like content. You aligned images with them and stuff like that. You know, Again, this is like mid-'90s, so this is pretty maybe late-'90s, early-2000s. And okay. so I did it, and it did 10x my earnings, like that month. I went and bought the book because I felt like a dick because I took his knowledge and I used it and it worked. And I was also thinking, wait a minute, I got all that from looking at a couple people's web pages. Maybe if I read the book, I would be even better at it. So I was fully willing to give him value. The main reason I reverse engineered it is one to see if I could. And two, I wasn't convinced it would work, but by having the opportunity to use it, I became his customer. And now this is 20 years later, at least, and I just dropped his name. He's still yeah. in business. He's still info marketing. So I'm still telling his story 20-ish years later because I took the chance and did his thing. So, like, all these micropayments, all that does is give greater exposure. I, like, Fountain with the podcast apps, I'll pay them 50 bucks to run uh, exposure on a clip. If I can't win you in two minutes, that's my problem, right? If I can't get you to give me a better look in two minutes. And, like, how many other places can we do that? I was going to bring that up to the way that you said his name, like, like attention is currency. Like, and yeah. that's, that's what a lot of, um, outside of micropayments, that's the way that artists or whatever, like, or do monetize right now is just through attention. And then again, selling an ad space that reaches a higher level minimum. So like here, use this thing. So like everything's all about like gaining a boatfuls of attention through unmonetized likes and then create hitting that like um hitting that minimum but so that future that guy was describing is like everyone becomes a business like everyone then is a business you as the individual and i i talked about this before that we, we like recorded too a lot of the examples right now are very like software and infopreneur type stuff but i don't want people that not everyone has to be an infopreneur. Like this can, if you are a like carpenter, like you could build the house and then get paid splits on the thing. Like you don't have to be, it's just going to make individuals compete with corporations bit like better. Everyone can now compete with the minimums getting shrunk down. So like, okay, look at Airbnb then. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take lightning to the Airbnb model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my person that cleans my property for me, that I charge that cleaning mm-hmm. fee, when mm-hmm. you pay, they get paid. Right? Yep. 
it, we could use or those photos. You're booking photos. Like you're yeah. that photographer gets paid based on the photos, or the people that make that furniture can get paid based on it. Or a lot of the Airbnb people that are kind of big and they have five or six properties, they basically have a property manager, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, again, how much disintermediation? How much? transfer of money between individuals and entities are there that we can eliminate because that's really where a lot of like all the laborious, like when I do my taxes every year, a huge part of the effort that my CPA has to put into managing things is who did I pay and who paid me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I can eliminate that and they're still getting the same amount of money, maybe more. Right. It doesn't, it's not attached to me anymore. Right. No, let's go all the way there. Like, yeah. So the, here's the other thing. The government has minimums for everything. Like if you get paid $600 or less, there's yeah. no record of that. Okay. So then let's use software to split every company interaction into $599, $599, $599, $599 with automated splits on. And this is like yeah. for the audience, like software is this powerful. Like it's this extremely powerful. That That's just like, the max you're allowed to tip. <laughs> yeah. We can write around anything. Like we can write around all speed bumps and whoever Whoever writes that thing that does the speed, L, call them speed LLC creations or whatever, like they can then take 1% of everyone that uses that app to create their micro businesses. You know, you'll so, know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, you go. You'll know we won. You'll know we've, we're truly changing things when the legal and regulatory apparatus has to talk about how much you get paid in density per second. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Like mm-hmm. they can't do it in amount; they have to yep. do it. You have to do it as like a weight or a density, and how much you get paid per unit of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just time is money, like an energy, yeah. like energy, energy matters. Like your energy, you as a person, like matters. And now you can. It just it creates optimism. It creates optimism when you're able to. Use your energy and see, see a return in real time on your energy. Another thing, like just classic management books, like like what's get what gets measured gets managed. When you can feel things happening in real time, you you can you're more likely to like focus on them and do it. But when you know when we are all like, oh, just swipe your credit card, see the bill later, or like go to work for two weeks and then get paid into it, like it's just that everything is detached and like central planners are trying to detach things. They're continually trying to detach things. Just eat the junk food right now, detach it from the thing. Like, but this moves it forward. Like Bitcoin talks a lot about like proof of work. Like you can, you see your work, the result of your work, the result of your work, the result of your work. And you can make the little micro tweaks. You can make the micro tweaks that goes from your podcast at one sat per minute to five sats per minute. You know, It'll end up creating a situation, I feel like, where content, and I think we're we're already beginning to see this. Um, like a good example, a good like partial example of watching this is seeing people remix stuff on TikTok and YouTube, and you know all of these things. Is like a good song comes out, or somebody just like a the um what's that uh the sailor dude to like what was what was that thing that just blew up out of nowhere and everybody did remixes the one with the mummy. No, the one with the, the one dude with the Scottish accent, the heavy accent, and he did okay. this that little sailor rant. I mean, that little sailor song, whatever. Um, uh, it was really, really cool. And like, there were like thousands of remixes on this thing. Um, was it's, you end up creating content that's not, that's never done. 
Like mm-hmm. the content itself is actually alive. It, mm-hmm. it, it stays forever in edit mode. It just constantly gets better. It improves. It reacts to its audience. Um, and, uh, and the, 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 the span of, it's like the ability to customize things per your audience. You know, you could have, um, you you can get paid as a curator, like curating, because there's so much like being a filter for somebody mm -hmm, else. mm -hmm. If the answer, the classic quote, if the answer was more information, we would all be billionaires with perfect abs. But the, the answer is not information. Like the answer is now the ability to curate information and then do something on the information. And so yeah. like I, so I have like watched real estate YouTube and then I went out and like got better at real estate. Like I've watched homesteading YouTube and then I've gone out and just gotten better at homesteading. And so like the clipping down, clipping down and be able to pay for clips is fast, like, uh, speeding up that thing. Like, just, yeah. or, and we've all experienced where it's like, if you're trying to connect like a door hinge or something, and it's like, why did the person upload an eight minute video about like this thing? Like, I need to know the 15 seconds of this like mental block that I'm at. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. Yeah. Like, once you, once you learn how to get over things, you can like speed through them faster. So you're taking the, the fountain clips model into like a YouTube universe right there. Right. So right now I know you just got on fountain, but like, so people will listen to the show and they're like, okay, that was awesome. And they'll hit transcribe and it will take the entire podcast and turn it into text in text blocks. You then go in there and you just click the blocks you want. You trim out what you don't want and you click, you add a title and uh, hashtag you hit publish. Yeah. Right? So people are doing that with my show right now. What will happen is I'll yeah. see one come up in popular clips. Well, that person just took their time made a clip mm-hmm. of my show for their own use. That's probably why mm-hmm. they did it because they wanted that piece. But I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm on popular clips now. So when you like somebody's clip on fountain, the creator doesn't get the money. The person who made the clip does. And it yeah. defaults to 10 sats alike, but you can go into your settings and change it. So I went and changed yeah. mine to 25. And whenever yeah. I see one of my clips get in popular clips that somebody else made, I hit it four times and I give them a hundred sats. Yeah. And it takes me two seconds to do that. And, yes. I'm, and so one, I'm rewarding the action, but two, now I'm forming a higher level relationship yep. with yep. that listener who took their time to help themselves, but help me at the yep. same time. Yep. And, yep. but like what you're talking about, we, we do this thing, we call it late night shenanigans at our workshops and we have karaoke going on and inevitably those videos will get flagged for copyright violations. Cause even though it's all karaoke, yep. they'll think it's Chris Stapleton singing or something. But what if all this music that gets used, like you said, like you use 10 seconds of the music and that platform would have to be monetized by default or at least monetized by choice. And now the artist doesn't care because some portion of every time that gets used, if, if, if money doesn't flow, it doesn't flow. But if money flows, they get a piece. So now that content is kind of immortal. Somebody said we were talking about meatloaf earlier. I think he died so he can't get sats anymore. But I'm like, his heirs can forever. Mm. His heirs can forever. So like the whole copyright wears out after a number of years would be irrelevant forever. That entity, that creation, that seventh generational thinking, my great, 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 great grandkids might get a few sats at a time when a sat is a lot more than a fraction of a penny because of something I did in 2022. 
I yeah. And that's, and that's where, like, you used a term, Brian, in, in a tweet today I saw, and you said programmable money. And it's one of those terms that every time I've heard that leading up till this period about Bitcoin, I'm like, it is, and that's awesome. But I can't really say what it really means. It's like when people said, like, the Internet would take over, but we didn't really know what that would look like yet. We didn't know about narrow casting and stuff like that. Now I'm like, okay, now programmable money makes sense. Every action that anybody takes can potentially have value, and if it does, the value can be rewarded, and it's subjective to the individuals in the interaction as to what that value is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, for all the crypto wars and crap, I don't know any other thing that can do that right now. The only thing I know, that can, like fiat can't do that. It's not well, possible. It, well, so- certainly not, yeah. The, and it, well, and it's money. Like money is using it. So like kind of down that, down that trail of like, well, th- like this crypto for this use case or this crypto for this use case or this yeah. crypto for this use case or whatever. Like I don't need to be paid in like fountain IOUs. Like I need to be paid in money. Like yeah. and money is then what I can remove from fountain and go to the grocery store. Like go to the physical goods, like I'm participating in this like software universe, getting paid money, but then I can walk into my Bitcoin meetup at a real bar and buy real beer that then gets split between the bar owner and the band and the person that brewed the keg. Like, but both of those things are happening with the money. It's hilarious, actually. I'm not sure if you saw this, um, Brian, but there was a thread from Alan Farrington. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a Tasha... Um, she was the one who did the NFT of the diamonds and then like crushed the diamond or whatever and tried to sell the NFT. Um, right. she's, she's an economist. Uh, I actually read a thread from her about how, uh, deflationary money can't work on the show and just tore it apart because it was just so bad. But she did a thread for everybody else that Brian knows, but she did a thread on like 25 use cases or something for, Web three or some something like that, and Alan Farrington retweets every single one of them with another thread, and it's just like, oh, interesting. That's like something that would be a really great use case for mm-hmm. money. Yeah. And it's just like one after the other. It's like, oh yeah, you could get paid in a token that is yeah. illiquid and you don't know the value of it, or you could use money, and it's like ninety percent of the answers are money, and the other ten percent are securities. <laughs> Yeah. It just, it killed me. As, as soon as I was getting down into the twenties, I was just laughing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Cause all of these use cases are basically, we're going to make a thing and the thing is going to do these things. And this thing is really important because the thing is the thing that is going to be a thing. So we need mm-hmm. a token for the thing. It's like, no, you need the thing. Mm-hmm. If you made the thing and the thing actually mm-hmm. worked, you wouldn't need a token mm-hmm. for it. And this kind of like destroys every argument. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, so that's why I brought up the word DAO earlier too. Like, like yeah. money. So what is payment splitting? What is payment splitting? It's giving like payment to the people that did the work. Like what is fundraising for a company? Fundraising for a company is someone brings the capital and someone brings the work. And that is the whole thing is about this initial capital and then these people doing some work, but like payment splitting allows more, like there's not really any other way to currently do it to meet the minimums. 
like, cause again, to meet them, like, and that's the whole conversation between like fundraising or bootstrapping and like people that start things and have companies taking on outside capital versus bootstrapping, like, like now payment splitting and like micro payments is almost a third way of doing this. Like that's another reason why it's just so like valuable. And you don't have to, if I just want to be a little solopreneur and do things here and there, do things here and here, I don't have to batch sell my time and effort, you know, to a startup for unknown amount of years to hit exit. Like, or I also don't have to pre-sell to a corporation that then is just extracting it from me in bulk and then they're extracting it from the users like in bulk. It's now just way more free-flowing. Like you, you, like I said, like you're walking through life, choosing what to use and paying people to use it. So with the splits, think about how it gets rid of the very limited legitimate use case of something like an NFT. So let's not talk about pictures of monkeys or something. Let's talk about like a, a conceivably valuable way to do like an, where an NFT would seem to make sense. So I'm going to do an NFT for a vineyard. This was an actual product that was being developed. And so the way it would work is I have my vineyard and Brian, you're a wine aficionado. You love wine. And basically you were going to buy the rights to 20 of the vines on my vineyard for 20 years and the resulting wine that comes out of them. And you could take the delivery of the wine or they could be stored here or you, the, when the wine got sold, you got your, your, your share, right? Like they were your vine. So you have to pay for labor and processing and all that, but you get the same profit I would. Okay. That seems like a valid case for an NFT, but the only person, the purpose of the NFT would be to automate all that shit. If you could take something like lightning and build a layer three app that does that, the token is pointless other than transferring ownership. Well, it's mine. I can, tra- if I want to sell it to the guy, and say, hey, I'll just push this over to your pub key, and, and then you lock me out so it's a done deal. We can exchange. I don't need a token to make that exchange of the rights to those yeah. lines. Or if I yeah. wanted to sell them back to you, and you're like, you know, I'm going to be selling the vineyard. I want to buy, like, like a company buying shares yeah. back. You, you don't need yeah. a token for that anymore. Like, this does all right. that. Right. right. I've Not always to mention we can pay the labor through the splits in both directions. Yeah. Everything, everything, like when I... Dig into, I have, I have, I actively try to challenge my thoughts about the quote unquote crypto space all the time. Because particularly with how big it is, like I just gotta, I keep thinking I've got to be thinking wrong about this somewhere, right? Um, this can't all just be nonsense. I just kind of keep coming back to that same conclusion. But, um, the funny thing about NFTs is that like every single thing that I have looked into regarding NFTs, 99% 99% of it is an authentication problem. Like 90 and and it's I think it's just people not understanding the actual problem and a real way to solve it. They see a tool and they're like, "Ooh, what problem can I point this at?" rather than thinking, "Is this the best way to solve that problem?" They they've got a tool or a toy that they want to figure out how how they can use it for something rather than looking at the problem and thinking, "What's the easiest best solution for that problem?" 99% of what NFTs do, literally the only thing that I think actually has some sort of degree of, oh, it would be interesting to have like a quote unquote digital scarcity, but if it's still issued by a central party, it that seems kind of redundant to have it on a blockchain, but I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave room for 1% because I'm not 100% certain yet, but 99% of it is solved with either a public key or a signature. 
That's it. Those two things will actually solve all of the problems that NFTs boast their magic for. And in fact, NFTs make them clunky and difficult, like like annoying to solve those problems when you already have a public key, public key or you could just have a signature of a payment or something. Like everybody talks like all tickets are going to be NFTs. No, they're not. That's a receipt. Why? That's a receipt. <laughs> like that's all you need. All you need is your payment details. That is every single bit of the authentication and the proof that you own the thing or the ticket to the to the stadium that you need. Period. You just need to yeah, pay. You're gonna have a QR code you you scan when you walk through the doors and it says that you're allowed to come in. Like if I want to give you my QR code for money, I don't need a token for that. That's what that is. It's it's a desire by the issuing authority to take a piece when I train. Like I have you know concert tickets to some badass concert. And I can't go and I want to sell them to Brian and now we're getting close and it's sold out and I'm going to make money when I transfer. The, the, the concert people want a piece of the game. That was the entire, like, when you listen to Mark Cuban shill that shit, that was his entire point that, oh, we'll, we'll put controls on the scalping market. That, that's code for I want more money. I don't want, I don't want the person that took the risk to get the full reward. I want a piece of their reward with no risk to myself. It's, yeah, and, and, it's, and I've seen other places. I thought it was a good idea, and now I'm like, you don't need it. Like, there's another company that they were doing re- fractional real estate. And so they and they, you would have an existing income-producing property. All the numbers are published, and I was going to buy, you know, I'll buy in at a uh, 1000 bucks. So I get, you know, one, 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 one twentieth of this property and one one twentieth of the income. And then if I want to sell out, I can't. Well, I don't, there's no token that's needed for that. That can all be done as a layer three app. You could literally build a real estate app right now for investment properties where the person could create splits based on, on, on uh, your capital share. I just, mm-hmm. man, you think about like all the different, like the small things that could so easily be redone, particularly when you se- celebrate, celebrate, when you separate the platform the host and the payment like that's really what's happening right now is that or I think the the true potential of this this new economy or this alternative way is that the platform is no longer the payment wall. Right. It's no longer, you know, with Square and Venmo and all of these things, you have to integrate with Square and with Venmo mm-hmm. and with Cash App to receive these payments. So when you end up posting something on the Apple store, you take payment through Apple. You can't have the platform without it also being your third party, your walled garden for how to receive payments and what split and all of that stuff. The, this, this is the ability to select your host, to select your content, to select your network, and it have absolutely nothing to do with your payment. Your payment actually comes from you. You're the center of your payment infrastructure and that you can, you can separate out. You can, you can actually spread out where I will offer the platform this for hosting the content or making it available to this network or something. And when you start thinking about that, you can just put in operators. You can put in operators, something like Ellen URL. Like you could just have it. Like for instance, you were just talking about like people sharing little clips of your show. You could actually have like a 5%. It's just open. Like in your in your royalty cut, that if nobody's mm-hmm. taking it, nobody takes the operator, it just automatically goes to you. But if somebody makes a clip, they can actually take that extra five percent in like a pay to anybody. They yeah. can take it and put their public key into the link attached to that clip, 
And then they get 5% of everybody who listens to your show through that link. And they're not going to waste their time. They're incentivized to find their favorite episode and make a clip for it because they're not going to waste their time doing something, uh, sending a link or a clip out to something that they think nobody's going to listen to because that means they've done work and they're not going to get paid. But if they think a bunch of people are going to listen to this show, they're going to put their their pub key in that 5% uh, thing. And you've got an affiliate that you don't even have to sign people up for. No, and I don't have to, I don't have to do tax paperwork. I don't have to do anything. And I, I mean, that's very close to a, a, a feature I've suggested about. They're just ass and elbows programming right now. So who knows when they would get to something like this, but a little bit more simplified. I just wanted to be able to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take 500,000 sats or 50,000 sats or whatever, any number every month. And I'll have pre-approved users that every clip they make, they get immediately 100 sats. Like, so once they've shown that they know how to make a clip that doesn't suck. So I'm not having bots make clips or whatever. So once you're on my approved list, there's a bounty for the month. And get on it. And who, like, yeah. it's, it's, it may be even say, like, to make it more fair, like, you can get up to 1,000 sats. Right? You can do 10, get up to 1,000, and somebody else gets a shot. But I love yeah. Guy's idea because we already have ways that that can be shared outside of Fountain. Like, you can export a video. You can you can push people to basically a web served version of the episode. If you can somehow create tracking back in, so now Brian listens to my show. He's like, I like Jack. I like what he's doing. I want to help. He goes out and starts spreading my show. Subscribers come in through Fountain or whatever. It doesn't matter what app, right? Like this is the protocol over the platform. And as they come back in, if that subscriber's contributing forever or for however long I say with my program, maybe two years, Brian gets ten percent of whatever that user sends me, it's all automated and I didn't do shit. Now take that to like, you know, I sell courses, like electronic courses, how to do certain things. I would love to pay my affiliates that way and not have to deal with my CPA four times a year going through all this and have her yelling at me for doing it wrong, right? Like, you didn't get this piece of information or you need them to fill this form out or he told me it was corporate to corporate. Well, where's this proof that he's a corporate? Like, not just for that all to just go away, and I'm not even talking about I'm not even talking about hiding revenue. I'm just talking about being able to say, yeah, here's how much I got. I don't know what anybody else got. I don't care. It's not my problem. Think about how much global like global productivity that pulls back into everything. And when you think about like new people starting out, like a 14 year old, 15, 16, like when they're getting their first job, and then their choice is like. Oh, here's McDonald's split program. Here's Starbucks split program. Here's what happens if I drive Uber. Oh, here's what happens if I'm a bug tester for this software program. And then you have like, talk about Citadel theory. Like then you have kids getting paid, like streaming, uh, like straight up for doing tasks and you're pulling in productivity. You're pulling in productivity. They're getting paid in real time, like quickly. And so, and then you spread that across the whole society. That's because we're back to this minimums problem. Driving to a physical brick and mortar for the minimum that you're going to be paid, that then the taxes get taken out of it, it doesn't pencil. Like it doesn't pencil. So people don't show up, which is what creates lines at like grocery stores and what creates lines loading. Like everything physical is like you're hitting, you can't hit minimums. You can't productively hit minimum. So it shrinks the amount of people that are even trying to pour their energy into like positive things. Great. So I'll just say real quick for the stuff going on in the chat there. Yeah, we, uh, we do put people in timeout. We don't ban them, but when people have an axe around, like what's going to happen to the water supply and we're talking about layer three technology that happens anyway. Um, 
Okay. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> and if you if you're not in the chat, you, you're listening to this later. You don't know what's going on, but uh, but yeah, we're, we're we're having fun there. Anyway, um, what would be like your dream platform to see being built at the layer three level right now? Whichever one you wants to go first. Social media protocol. Okay. Social media protocol. Watch that um, out. I think like so separating the the hosting of the content essentially like think about it in the context of like podcasts podcasts are a great example when i open up a podcast app i actually have a feed of all my podcasts and the new episodes right like those could just as easily be quote unquote social media posts in a feed that is like my social media interaction the problem is is how do you monetize? How do you find a host? How do you achieve connections and a universal, like a global space to actually connect to other people? You know, and this is why the, the alternative networks, Gab and Mastodon and like all these other ones don't work because they don't have the reach. And yeah, it's yeah. It, particularly like with a federated model, there's no global feed. Um, so you end up having to piggyback and trying to figure out how to monetize or, or how to prop up infrastructure that is almost always voluntary, um, prop up inf- infrastructure that aggregates massive amounts of information just so it's discoverable. Um, and that's essentially what Twitter is, right? It's just the filter and the the central hub so that you can find all your favorite celebrities and Bitcoiners and crypto influencers and all this crap so that you can you can hunt and find the people the quote unquote, the feeds, the RSS feeds that you want to follow. There's no reason it needs to be centralized. It's about solving the problem of a, your infrastructure, like paying for your infrastructure mm-hmm. and B discovery. Um, and I think there's, there is going to be a peer to peer way to do this. And it will be one that simply works the cleanest and with the, the, the least delay and it just like it just works. And that's why, honestly, I'm so excited about Keat right now. Um, and they're, they've built on a program, uh, a, a piece of software called Hole Punch, which is built on a piece of software called Hypercore. Um, and uh, this is essentially it's it's a discovery. It's uh, um, it's it's a peer to peer. You've got voice, video and just normal chat. You can share files instantly. Like when I dropped, when I dropped in, I had a 1080p version of Lord of the Rings. Um, when I, just when I was testing this out before the other day's episode. Um, and I just wanted to see, I, I got it because I was, because of the meme that I made, Lord of the Rings, like Bitcoin Satoshi meme. Um, and, uh, so I had this file and I just dropped it in the chat and the two people who were in there immediately, absolutely instantly within, within a second, maybe two. It was in their feed and they could hit play and they could scrub through to the end. There was no delay. There was nothing. It was so fast. It was ridiculous. Um, now the, it's, it's still bare minimum. The thing that I think would be really, really cool is how do you establish hosts for rooms, um, and start to expand this out so that you can connect peers and separate rooms and like groups of people. Uh, together because I have just left this open for like five days so that people can jump in and out when I post links to it. Um, so people, people can try out Keat. I'm a quote unquote host. Like I'm a seed, like on BitTorrent or something like that. Um, for the entire chat, chat room. Now imagine that anytime somebody boosts or, you know, tips anybody in the thing, we have a, I just as host, 
I just have it built in that you can tip anybody. Anybody can put in the public key, but everything that gets tipped in the entire chat room, 10% goes to me because I'm keeping the chat room open. I'm the infrastructure. I don't have to run ads. I don't have to, like, I'm just getting paid by people using my room, by people downloading the content in it. I am simply a passive host. And even crazier is that I can do this while everyone has an encrypted channel or an encrypted group that I can't even see. You're an incentivized host. Content. I can host content that's invisible to me and I can still get paid for being the seed for that content, for that group, for that chat. Um, and you can pay multiple, multiple peers so that, um, uh, people can get more of the split themselves by being a host themselves of the exact same room. Um, and, and I just think like expanding that and realizing what that potential is. Monetization is the ultimate problem. Monetization and filtering are the ultimate problems I feel like for a, a social media protocol. Um, how do you deal with the bot problem and how do you deal with the infrastructure problem? And I think the solution sits on lightning. I think it's waiting to, to find the right recipe. And I think it's going to work. I would agree with that mm-hmm. because every social media platform we use, once it becomes successful, it becomes harassed. So we even have pretty small telegram groups for like individual niche chats or something. And next thing you know, there's somebody in there trying to sell porn or trying to, and if you want to sell porn, go sell porn where people want to buy porn. We're talking about chickens. Yeah. Like we don't need to talk about your porn or they're it's trying to like, group. damn it. Yeah. Or they're pretending to be me and they're telling people, if you give me some Bitcoin, I'll mine for you, which I don't do by the way, like stuff like that's going on. I got people on Instagram right now going, hi, it's me. I'm Jack. I'm on my backup account, starting up instant chats with my followers. If there was a cost every time you turned up a bot account or if, okay, you join my, my group. I don't care if it's a telegram type group or it's more like a forum group or whatever, a community, like a Facebook group. Any, I don't care what it is. There was a cost. It's a thousand sats. It's not a lot of money. If you're not going to put that up, you don't really care enough to join. And if you get banned, it goes away. And maybe to prevent abuse, instead of me as the group organizer, I don't get it. The host gets the thousand sats, right? Now that there's a cost to poor behavior, there's going to be less poor behavior because right now, how how many bots can I spin up as fast as my processor can make them? That's yeah. how many bots I can spin up. But if the all of a sudden it's deposit. costing me a thousand dollars a day to make bots, it's not very profitable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a security deposit, you know, like that's actually yeah. what they did in Sphinx, um, chat app. And honestly, like I still hope they kind of clean up the back end. Cause I really think the only reason why I don't constantly gravitate to using Sphinx is just cause of the, de- the delay. Like, I think too much of it runs over lightning specifically. Um, like as far as like how the payment, I mean, how the messages and stuff are sent. If the messages ran and were as fast and responsive and easy to host as Keat, but you still had the lightning payments, you still had the security deposit to go into the room and you still had the, you know, the tips and the splitting payments. I think it would be a totally different game. Um, like the, I think the idea is right. I think the implementation just has too many bottlenecks the way it's built right now. Um, but I, like, again, like I said, something's gonna, something's gonna click, um, or something's gonna catch hold. Uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be really crazy. Um, I think, 
I don't want to, I don't want to go off to another tangent yet. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it back to you guys, but I want to, I want to make a point here in just a minute. Okay. Brian, same question. What's your dream app? And actually I'm going to pull something up because I, I, I imagine this might actually hit you right here. Um, it's fine. Where is it? <laughs> I think I started. Give me a second. Cause I think this is right up your alley. Um, here it is from KBOC. Yeah. How might so, level three help the physical product world, comma, could it? Yeah. Yeah. So everything the guy just said about social media and curating the room, right? I'm, I want the brick and mortar example of that. So there's an issue right now with Bitcoin meetups across the US. I get these messages all the time. Hey, like, do you pay to rent a room? How do you find like a bar? Like all this stuff. And I want the where like, Lengthwise Brewing in Bakersfield, California, like sells beer for stats. They brew it on site, sell it for stats. They run beach space over. It's sick. What I want to see is I want to see the other meetup bars now, like getting that keg. And then I want inside that room where there's the 25 to 30 Bitcoiners, you can have as the beer is being poured, like the bar owner, the curator of the physical room gets paid. The Bitcoiner meetup host who's curating and driving people to that physical room and playing community organizer, helping build a local snowball, like gets paid. The brewery gets paid per beer as it's, uh, as it's pouring. Like, and, and the bartender who then like may or may not be a Bitcoiner, like can get paid to be incentivized then to adopt the new thing. Like Apple, so Apple Pay does this. When you pay with Apple Pay, you get 2% cash back instead of swiping your physical card for only 1% cash back, okay? And we talk a lot about discounts, like, oh, offer a discount for Bitcoin. When you're talking to entrepreneurs, I would reframe that and I would say, no, charge higher for fiat. Charge higher for fiat. It's like a gas station. Like if you're paying with credit, you're going to pay higher than you do with cash. So that's one way for entrepreneurs, but... That's a really good yeah. point. That's a really yeah. good. Don't point. Don't say the word discount Don't. because they're already at. We're already yeah. at how much it costs. We're already at how much it costs. Whatever they're charging right now, that's the that's the that's minimum. The that's price. the Bitcoin yeah. price. They need to raise their month, like raise their price. And so, getting all those people paid out in a physical room can work the same as getting everyone paid out in a digital room. And like we're um we're there. Like we're there. There's enough bars meeting across the entire country that. Having this in your head, like we're gonna find those right entrepreneurs um, that are ready for it. Awesome. So my dream app is where we started. My dream app is let, let's wrap the state out, and, and, but let's take it beyond ah. ways, right? So there's there's like things going on that are outside of blockchain. Like my friend John Bush has a, a project called Freedom Cells, where you basically form your local group and then you're affiliated outside of the group. It's Kind of rooted in the homesteading, exit and build concept. It's very citadel like. But imagine that you had basically let's let's rob the state of its ability to rob. Like the more eyeballs paying attention to what's going on, the more people know what's going on. And you know, I'm not talking about enabling people to actually commit crime, like steal other people's stuff. That's what I'm trying to prevent. So if you think about like how many times do you like you're driving down the road and you're like, oh, well, something's going on over there. Right. And and if you had like a next door type thing tied in at more of a, a national federated level to where everything that's going on everywhere at all times, that could be bad news for you or that you should be aware of was available. And then I think that you end up with something like almost like block confirmations. So like I'm driving by, I see John Law, I report him. So nothing. If anybody tips right now, it's kind of held in an escrow because maybe I lied. 
But then Brian comes tooling along and goes, it's here. He's here. And maybe there's a certain number of confirmation and then all of the conversation is released. And that could be a road hazard. I think cops are road hazards, but it could be a cop. But it also could be things like, hey, there's, there's something going on over here. Like they're, they're, they're searching houses or, or whatever it is. Like I played a clip today on an earlier live stream where this guy is the best status jujitsu I've ever seen in my life. ATF agent is going around and asking people to show guns that they recently purchased to make sure they're not straw purchased. No warrant. So the guy's like, you got a warrant? I was like, no. Okay. I'll go get my gun. And he calls the local PD. And he says, there's a dude trying to get in my house without a warrant, claims to be a cop, and he wants my guns. So local PD comes up and cuffs the guy, and, of course, he's screaming he's a federal agent. They cuff his ass. They throw him on the ground. He's resisting. They're doing I've got a medical condition. Yeah, that, right? I've got a medical They tased his ass. Don't, no, he has don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. No, don't do that here. Like, how could we get it to it? There's so many things that if you're aware of the fact that it's occurring, you stay out of trouble. Or, like, you know, sometimes when things aren't happening, when somebody gets there, then they never happen. I, I would love to yeah. see us disintermediate piracy, basically. It would be the anti-piracy mm-hmm. app. Because when I look at a lot of things that are going on today, and if you're driving 90 miles an hour down a street with kids in it, I think you should have your ass pulled out of the car and have your, your, the shit kicked out of you. I'm not protecting truly belligerent behavior, but this idea that I can sit on a road on a straight away where they just happen to drop the speed limit and and write tickets all day. That's modern-day privateering. And I I want that to go away. And if it's not profitable, they'll stop doing it. An example of how that works, here in Texas, it is still illegal to have small amounts of marijuana on you. Nobody's prosecuted for it. Because our brilliant geniuses in the State House and Senate legalized CBD in the last session, and they didn't put any money for testing into the budgets of the local PD department, so if a guy gets pulled over with a small amount of bud, he just says, that's CBD. Well, it's like $120 fine, and it costs $500 to do the higher-level test. So it's not profitable to prosecute. The governor comes out and says, call the local chief police and stuff. You will do this. And they're like, yeah, no, we won't. So now anybody with a small amount, literally, they just don't even do anything because you can't afford to do it. You, and, like, so if you can make state activity non-profitable, Believe it or not, they actually care at that kind of a level. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. You know, that's the sovereign individual thesis is that the the ultimate, the reason centralized violence exists is because it's economically profitable. Correct. You have to change the monetary incentives. Like The reason the state arose was because of the agricultural revolution. Our wealth, when, when we were in the hunter-gatherer phases and all of our wealth was something that we carried on our back, you couldn't enslave a population. They just put, they just put the backpack on and get the F out of Dodge. You know, like they, it just, it just wasn't, you could not, you could not create the walls around wealth. And we did not accumulate enough wealth to make it viable to actually steal that wealth. It was not until you had oxen, you had land, you had a house mm-hmm. and all of your wealth, 99% of your wealth was stuck to the ground. That then a couple of guys with some big sticks could come by and say, give us 20%. Sure. Then it makes economic sense to give up that 20% because otherwise you're going to lose it all. You can't, you can't carry it with you. When, when value becomes digital, when value becomes pure information and you become 
your your content and and things are simply accessible and you can sell all of that for a hundred percent of its value or maybe ninety five percent because you're in a rush to get the heck out of dodge and you can take that you can take that value with you in your head you can memorize twelve words or twenty four words and you can walk away you can walk away right like that hunter gatherer they cannot keep you enslaved you can walk naked across any border on the planet and you can take all of your value with you and set up shop and buy an equivalent house an equivalent piece of land an equivalent number of oxen oxen or whatever your analogy like when you can do that when you have that exit door from every to, to when every fake border on the you know pretend line on every map it truly changes the economics of it. And you can twist these like little incentives. It goes, it goes from the big all the way down to the small. It's like when, when police and like people every have cameras everywhere. Um, if just purely, purely by requiring police to have a video camera on them running all the time, I can't remember what county or city or whatever it was. Yeah. But they implemented this, um, and actually punished the police officers. For not having the video. If the video wasn't working, they were punished for not having kept up with it because now we don't have a record of what actually happened. Complaints, both from the misbehavior of the, of the, the quote unquote, the victim, the, the average citizen and misbehavior from the cops dropped like two thirds in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Everybody knew they had to behave because of this tiny, this minor incentive about being around the cost of being violent. And this is where this can change that. This fundamentally does change that. I get that because I'm a little bit older than you guys. So I'm, I'm from the days of the parent and grandparent internet. And in a small town, if you did something, there was no, there was no text message. Everybody's phone was plugged into a wall, but if you did some shit you weren't supposed to do by the time you got home, they knew you did it. And a lot of the problems that we have with kids today, we didn't have back then because you're going to hit your ass beat. Like, and there wasn't, you had no, like, you, we could be in the middle of the woods, just me and my buddy, and, like, they're going to know. They're, <laughs> they're going to know. Like, they're kidding. They're not going to know. And you get home, and they freaking knew. And you had no idea how they knew, but it was because everybody knew who you were. And then, like, parents were doing their job not just for their kids but for other kids. Like, and to be fair, they were keeping us from doing stupid shit because all kids do stupid shit. And I think your your camera analogy is the same thing, guy. Like, if I'm a cop and I know everything I do is being recorded, I'm going to behave differently. And if I'm the person the cops interacting with and I know everything I do is being recorded, I'm going to behave differently. And exactly. that's why I'm big on I think people should be recording. Like, in your vehicle, you should have a means of All recording time. any interactions. And when they tell you to turn it off, say, I'm sorry, we're in a public situation, officer. I'm doing this for both of our safety. Yeah. I'm not get a dash off. cam and a backup hard drive. Yeah, yeah. And if they say, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it," okay, go ahead. It already streamed. Like that's yeah. that horse left. Yeah. The, I don't know what tech you're using from 1996, dude, but that shit's already out the door. <laughs> this shit's man. connected to cellular. You crazy? <laughs> I got unlimited data. Yeah. I, when I think about all this stuff, then, and I think about all the incentives, like that we talked about the whole show, is like then the private individual we're able to pay higher. Like we can pay higher and pay better wages. Like we can Way pay higher. higher. Like so you're you're literally you're, we're we're literally brain draining. Like you're literally brain draining, and that's that's what's so great about like Bitcoin and about everything that we're like pairing with it is that you the actual 
like anti-establishment is now financed to the point where you can just brain drain like over time, over time, over time. Like you'll know where the Bitcoiners live because the it physically the rooms are more curated. Like the digital room yeah. is better curated. The physical rooms are better curated. You can see it. That's because so what strange. what are cops? What are cops are just curating rooms like what are governments like governments are curating rooms. And if it sucks, like then it sucks. So the cost of compensation is a huge point with this. So one of the companies that I ran back when I ran regular companies was a recruiting firm. We recruited high high level tech per, uh, professionals and our top recruiter she was really good. She made about $225,000 a year with full compensation. But you know what she cost us? About three and a quarter. By the time we covered matching, social security, everything, like Mm -hmm. benefits, all that stuff. And no matter what you did, you were going to get roped back into it. So you can't say she's a recruiter or she can't say she's a contractor because you tell her to sit in a desk, right? Uh, but I didn't tell her to sit at a desk. I just said, here's a desk for you. But that doesn't matter. If you do make your contract, her into a contract, there's a whole new line of crap that comes up and a whole new line of reporting. But if I'd been able to say, okay, here we go. We're going to create a pub key for you. And here's your node. And you get paid. And well, like it's, it's Bitcoin. What do I do with it? You convert it into cash on an exchange. You keep, I don't give a shit what you do with it. But if you do these things, money comes out the faucet. And if you don't yeah. do these things, money doesn't come out of the faucet. Now, come tell me she's my contractor. She's not my contractor. I, how does she get paid? I don't right. know. I don't right. run a payroll. I don't ever touch her right. money ever. And she doesn't ever touch my money ever. There would be some level of like, I don't know how you handle, there's some contractual things there, but because the contract really is not between her anyway. Like she would be issuing a contract as my agent, but that doesn't really make her a contractor. She's just an independent business person now. She's a real estate agent selling houses, and maybe she's licensing my brand is be the way that you'd look at it. We need to reclaim some of these like crypto like words. Also, like, smart contracts like smart contracts is not a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. It's a new, yeah. very like neutral to positive thing. Positive <laughs> thing, right? Right. Lightning and, is literally a smart contract. It's a smart contract yeah. on Bitcoin liquidity yeah. to build a yeah. an alternative and, payment network. And, I'll tell you, and that's what's, it, I think it takes running a node to really understand it. Like it's worth doing. I, I've said to my audience, like most of you will not probably run a Lightning node long term because unless you have a reason you're doing it, you probably it's probably more trouble and it's worth balancing liquidity and all. But when you do it, you understand. Like okay, so. The way I opened that channel was actually using on-chain Bitcoin, and then it moved off-chain when I did it. So the transaction actually secured the underlying layer. Like, I can say that, but if you never did it, it doesn't make sense. And then I've got to push a transaction across it to move the liquidity. Like, once you do it, then you're like, that. well, it is smart. Con- it, you know, guy, you're right. It's a smart contract. Mm-hmm. It's a smart contract, and closing the channel ends the contract, right? Like, but that's yeah. a hard thing. I don't really know how to explain it. I just used words that I don't know if you didn't do it, if it would make sense. <laughs> you have a better way to explain it, guys? So. Yeah. Uh, do you mean just like the relationship in Lightning? Like how Lightning is a smart contract. What makes it a smart contract? Oh, man. Um, See? <laughs> I mean, it's difficult. Like uh, the the analogy that I use just in the context of like, let's say you had a relationship with Visa or your bank that was – that had the instructions that a lightning mm-hmm. channel has. 
um, that have the same relationship with somebody that you have with on Lightning, it would be like they had explicit proof of reserves for anything that you had in the bank, um, that you still held the unilateral ability to leave the relationship with all of your money and there was nothing the other institution could do, the bank, the payment service, the ISP, whatever, um, that you actually had an insurance clause uh, in the contract as well that um, if uh, anybody, if the bank ever tried to screw you, paid you, charged you a fee that you did not agree to, you not you did not explicitly sign off on, or tried to steal money from your account, that you could actually screw the bank and take everything that they had on their side of your agreement. Um, like all of those are the branches of and oh and and if everybody is totally happy with the relationship, you can constantly update, you can make payments at the speed of light. Um, and you can mutually and instantly leave the relationship at any time. All of those branches are in the contract. Like those are programmed in the little script of lightning. And there's essentially the way you update it is essentially you have a one sided agreement where you are both able to hold the gun at each other's heads about the insurance contract and you're loading each other's bullet every time you update. So you know everybody's honest because otherwise you're both getting somebody's getting shot in the head. Nobody wants to get shot in the head. Um so it's it's a Mexican that may have not have followed at all. That may, may not have followed even in the slightest, but no. it's because it's complicated. It's hard to wrap your head around. I remember when I first read the lightning uh paper, the white paper yeah. that in twenty fifteen. I, I remember having this aha moment that was similar to when I was reading the Bitcoin white paper that I had to meticulously go through. It's like, okay, wait, what? The relationship, <laughs> what? Like I had to like, I was, it was, it was painful for a couple of hours. And then like when it clicked, I was like, oh shit, this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal. Um, there will be a massive bootstrapping phase of this to build out liquidity. But once you have the underlying infrastructure, this thing's going to be magic. So, Totally aside, like you guys just saw that come in. So it's my birthday. So my lovely wife just bought me a birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Hi, hi man. <laughs> Cheers. No, it's 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 that. Like I guess if you want to try to simplify it, Brian likes bars. So mm-hmm. if I go to a bar and I, I basically I open a contract because I take a card and I go up to the bartender and say I want to keep a, a tab open. Now he's got my Visa card, and he can charge that card. He'll, he'll actually run a, a, a test charge, and then. Me, Brian, and Guy, we drink our asses off. We have, like, a couple of bottles of scotch or something, and then we settle up at the end of the night, and it closes down. So it's like the Mexican standoff you described, except, unlike the Mexican standoff, I can put my gun down and walk away, and neither side is is really harmed by that. Like, that's closing a channel. Like, this relationship has done what I needed to do for now. And so, like, one of the channels I have open for my note, I have a channel open to Wallet of Satoshi, because it makes it real easy. I just send a transaction to my own Wallet of Satoshi and move the the liquidity over. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. decided I want, like the only reason I closed the channel recently was one to learn how to close and reopen it, but I wanted to increase the capacity. So there was like, Wallet of Satoshi wasn't angry that I closed the channel and then opened a new one with a, with a larger uh, amount of liquidity on it. Like it didn't harm them in any way. It didn't hurt me in any way. We were able to establish a relationship, end a relationship and reestablish it in seconds, really. As long as it took the, the, the on-chain transaction to go off-chain. That's, that was like 10 minutes. 10-minute block time, boom, we're back in business with each other. And that's how, like, people were asking, like, is there a, an easy-to-understand definition of Layer 3? And the way I've been explaining anything built on Layer 2. 
Right. Yeah. So if I built like a fountain would be a layer three app because it's built on top of lightning. Um, Breeze is built on top of lightning. So it would be a layer three app. And I think that the only thing that we need to say in there is like we're talking about lightning day, but it's not the only layer two. Like liquid would be another example of a layer two technology. So that's the beauty of layers to me is that so Bitcoin is this pristine thing that I don't really ever want messed with. And so if you want to be innovative and you want to do new, exciting things and things that you've never done before, you want Bitcoin to be like the gold that is and it's the indestructible rock. And then you need a place to take risks. So somebody rolls out a new layer two and it's not lightning or liquid. It's 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 Brian guy. Right. Brian guy layer. And it sucks. Bitcoin don't care. And then we can take these risks and we can go. I don't know what the limit to layers is. You're going to build a a layer four someday. I I don't know, but I don't think it's actually that hard if you can just start out with the fact that Bitcoin is that, that immutable first layer. And then how high are you on top of that? There's something really interesting about lightning actually, because lightning as a smart contract is actually, it, it behaves right now currently as mainly a layer two, but it's kind of layer agnostic. Um, it can be layer three, it can be layer four, it can bridge between other blockchains and like all the stuff like it's, it, it really is just a set of relationships and it doesn't care where it is. Like you can do lightning on top of Fediment, you can do lightning on top of liquid. Um, you can do any, any sort of side chain with any sort of smart contracting, like basic script can write a lightning channel that bridges between that layer. It's like, it's kind of like the universal, universal liquidity between anything that you would build on Bitcoin um, in layer twos. So lightning is kind of got a network. My my definition is dead now. Guy has killed my definition, right? Lightning is kind of the the interweb, the interpayment web between all different layer twos. So you could actually have a ton of micro layer twos, like like in the context of like if Fediment became like a major uh, player where you have little communities run their own little like internal side chain, so to speak, that's private is that, well, that can then bridge onto Lightning, and Lightning is the interconnectivity layer between thousands of different little Fediments that you don't have to be on their network, on their Fediment network in their neighborhood in order to do business with them. You can still connect globally because Lightning bridges the gap. Um, so yeah. it's funny. Lightning is starting out as a pure layer two, and that's how we think about it. But I think at the end, like kind of at the end uh, of this road, so to speak, uh, lightning is kind of a enter everything. It's, 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 it's everything above the Bitcoin layer period. Can I, can I take it back to Jack's example of hiring like the recruiter? So like what is a company and what is an employee? Like all the way back to that, like a company is like yeah. a things written down on a piece of paper by a lawyer that then the government recognizes these things written down on a piece of paper. Okay, so that's really expensive to hire a lawyer to write these things down on a piece of paper for these people to recognize it, threat of violence, like all the way back up to the thing. Okay, so what did software do? Software invented LegalZoom, which so now you don't have to pay the physical like person anymore. Now you can get the boilerplate one faster. So, but what did it do? It just made it faster and lowered the cost. So now you can start your business that's recognized by the violence, like faster and cheaper. Okay, sweet. But they still had the, but the establishment still had the monopoly on what is money. Like even, so all of the contracts and all the stuff written on the pieces of paper, all were back to dollars, the like base of this thing. So that was in their realm. 
But now, okay, what did Bitcoin do? Bitcoin made money digital. So now it has nothing to do with them anymore. And so now this whole thing we've been talking about is smart, like contracts. Now the contracts no longer have to be written on paper by a, like a lawyer or on paper by a piece of software. Now the contracts just are software themselves. Like now that the money is software, now the contract is software. So now even this thing of what is a company, what is an employee? I don't know. All I know is software. Like all I know is this thing. What even is that? I don't know yeah, what that is. our relationship like, right all, now? Who's the employee and the I, employer? I'm, I'm alive. Like I'm just alive and thankful to be alive. Like that's it. There's do nothing. I even like, need to, what is a company? What is a person? There's, do I yeah. even need to know who you are? No, for not. you to sell my product Absolutely service not. thing. I don't have to know who you are. And the best thing you can be able to tell the government when they demand information is I don't have it and have it be true and have it be able to be proven. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's like the, like they can order you to give anything, whether they should be able to or not, but they can, they, they can legitimately require you to divulge information. I can't remember the wallet provider, but there was some wallet provider that when the Katie and truckers thing happened, Demanded nunchuck. the customer information. Yeah, it was nunchuck, right? Nunchuck. And they're like, we suggest that you go to Google and examine what a non-custodial wallet is. That was their response <laughs> to the Canadian Parliament. Like, the, we don't know, and it's by we design. Don't know. There's nothing you, we can do. I mean, first of all, it was a Canadian court ordering it from a U.S. company, so that's difficult to begin with. But in the end, the government cannot require you to divulge that which cannot be divulged. Mm-hmm. And so you can mm-hmm. have. I can have a situation where, like, and there could be certain. Like, if I'm selling something I care about the quality of my brand, then I can't have you making commitments that I can't uphold. But I, that could all be designed into a process where by yeah. the time the customer says, I'll take your, uh, your, you know, a lot of our techs were like archaic technology technicians. That's why we could get so much for them because the company was stuck with this old tech and there was like 10 guys left in the world that could do it. We'll take them and they would have to tick all these boxes. We understand who he is, what he is, where he does, when he's going to be there, how he's going to work. So you can't screw it up, Brian, if you're my salesperson, I don't even know, because the customers acknowledged the terms and conditions of my delivery. All you've done is put them into a process funnel, and my funnel did the work. Mm-hmm. You could be working for 20 companies. Mm-hmm. Let's be careful how we use that language, right? You could be doing – you could be gaining revenue from your service right. that aids 20 right. companies, Right. At the same time, simultaneously, and if you want to go on vacation for a year, none of us mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Why would I care? I and, don't even know who you are. You're not saying, hey, right. boss, can I take two weeks and, off? I'm like, no. And, again, back to the whole thing, because it's so programmable, sweet. Put Make $600 limit. Make $12,000 limit. Make whatever limits you want. Like, those, like we dematerialize that entire thing. Like, your, your, all your constraints will just become another line, like, in the thing. Yeah. yeah every, every, everything just needs like a three line update to get around when it comes yeah. from like kind of regulatory apparatus. Um, and what's so crazy is the ability to create these relationships like like liquid is a good example. Fediment is a good example. Lightning Network, a great examples is a no one is actually a custodian anywhere. Like by definition, nobody falls underneath the regulatory apparatus umbrella as I have control of the funds because nobody does. You only have control of the funds as a group, as a collective or as a joint entity. Um, and in doing so, you've set yourselves up like a financial business, like an arrangement, yeah. a, a yeah. contract, 
a, a quote unquote DAO that exists yep. that purely like where no regulation can actually apply to it because nobody can actually apply mm-hmm. the things the regulation requires because it's mm-hmm. nobody actually literally doesn't mm-hmm. have control. And that's the reason why we can't go out and create the better Uber or create the better Airbnb. Like it's because like we can't you like as soon as you incorporate and get the docs and whatever, then like you're going to be stuck in the same situation. But now that you can just like create relationships and just things can happen on the Internet. Like. It's a lot. Well, of, yeah, it's all open source. That starts to like really define the differential. Right. So Uber is not an app. Uber is a company that has an app. What you're talking about is making Uber an app. It's just an app. Truly. It's nothing app. but it's an app. It doesn't yeah. touch the driver. It doesn't touch. It doesn't yeah. do anything. It's just basically a means of exchange of information that takes a cut in order to exchange the information, which means yeah. then I can provide that service if I'm the guy that develops the app incredibly cheap because I'm not going, uh, guy, do you, is your car newer than a 2008 or whatever? Like that's between you and your customer. Right. That's your. They're not my customer. They're no more my customer than when somebody buys a membership from me and they pay through through Stripe, which is basically a Visa MasterCard processor. Right. And Stripe charges me a fee and Visa gets their cut and the intermediate bank gets their cut like that. That customer is not the bank's customer. They're my customer. They just charge a fee for a service. And that would put the app developer into the point where that's all they are. They're just charging a fee for a service. And the, the thing I really love about it, like the thing I hate most about big tech, is it censorship because there's a million ways around it. What I hate is data mining, data collection, and data sales. I hate the fact I'm interacting with people on Twitter. They're interacting with me, and their data is being sold to third parties. I hate that. But the reason they do that is because they have to make money. And if you're running an app-based business today, if it's not an Uber where you have a fee to take a piece of, how are you going to make money? Well, if you're running an operational node that enables the transactions between your users, there's your revenue. If I'm the new version of Waze, what I want is as many Brian's and guys writing out as many 5.0 as possible. And I want maximum transactions across my, my routing node because if I have that, I have plenty of revenue. I don't need 9,000 compliance officers and people doing. All I need is the best development, the best tech I can get, and I can pay all my developers with a rev share, mm-hmm. right? Like you want to do something, like like you, I can build an algorithm that says, guy took all his time and he made this piece and no one uses it so he doesn't get shit. Brian mm-hmm. in five seconds developed this, this module that went in, and it's the thing that everybody's using. He gets a big old chunk. This is what makes me excited about like no code and low code too, just becoming more and more of a thing because as younger generations like continue to like grow up and like some level of familiarity like with code becomes like reading or writing or anything else. And then you have the no code and low code tools the same way that Squarespace and WordPress and these things can like build websites. There's going to be that for, because there's so much things to be built. There's so many things to be built. Like what, look at, like, and that that's where you get like so can get so like philosophical about the like supply chain disruptions and all this stuff of like there's just physically like physically not enough people are like working because there's no incentive to do it. And I'm not doing the like, oh, like no one likes to work these days. Like I'm not it's yeah. not that at all. Like I'm more I'm literally saying like it's sad. It's sad that there's a lot of people in the world that are like on the sideline because there's zero way to participate in 
doing anything. Like, because of just the minimums and blockades that are up all the time. Like, that's, that's what literal, like, depression is. Like, like, we can't, like, we can't find a way to contribute because there's so many blockers to contribute in. So we could, do, I mean, then you have to start getting there. Like, people have to eat. People have to have places to go out. They have to have entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. one of the problems we have right now in the U.S. is a legitimate labor shortage. Mm-hmm. Like, in spite of the fact I think it's dumb that we're doing so much manufacturing and production overseas, if we tried to bring it all back home right now, who's going to do it? But I think if you were working for money that got more powerful, that alone yeah. would change that. Like, we've been so – like, if you think about the youngest generation right now that are just coming out of high school, going into college, coming out of university, et cetera, like, they're, they they come out feeling defeated. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose? Like, when I when I hit my early 20s, it was like, if there's a door in the way, I'll take the hinges off. Whatever I have to do to be successful, that's what I'm going to do. And it's not because I was a badass or anything. It was just because I think, like, every all my contemporaries were that way, right? The, the idea was, like, this is the time to make it happen. The Internet was just being created by Al Gore or whatever, and, like, all this new technology was coming out. And this idea was, like, I got to get my piece now because if I don't, the people on my left and right are going to go right past me. And now it's like if I go, if I succeed, I still don't have anything. I'm still – people are looking at their parents going, my parents are miserable, so if I go work as hard as they did, I have the future of being more miserable yeah. because I'll have less. Yeah. And if we yeah. can, we have to change that whole paradigm because I don't think there's a shortage of people. I think there's plenty mm-hmm. of people that do all the things we need. I think there's a lot of money being spent on a lot of things that are totally unnecessary and don't bring no joy to people's lives. Yeah. We build yeah. non-durable goods, and and I think that that's like, like it's not really a lightning. This is more a Bitcoin discussion, but it, it's back to like I look at the most time enduring things ever built. They were built in errors of hard money. You can talk about four turnings or whatever, but in the end, the biggest mm-hmm. differential has been, you know, the, the Cathedral of Notre Dame was built when gold was money. If you go to Manhattan, you can walk up and down some of the streets in Manhattan. You look at a church, and the sculpting on the outside of the church could not – you could not build it today even though money's cheaper than ever because nobody that could do that would invest five years of their lives into doing this one piece of sculpture because the money you give them is going to be worth less than time. So it's a, it's a complete paradigm shift, but man, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool time to be alive, but like flux is painful. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot. Yeah. I think some of the, some of the comments indicate that some of the people think we're talking about like some sort of uh, pipe dream or something here. I think like all of this is doable, but it's still hard, right? Yeah. 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 Like there's the, the, the content, or I mean, the comment where it says, I'm skeptical of the practicality of everything as a smart contract. Uh, material breach isn't an easy concept to put into code. I think it's a misunderstanding of, like, how things are going to align. It's not that everything will be built as a smart contract in the same way that not everything on the Internet is crowdsourced. But it opens up a new avenue for things to be crowdsourced in a way that never were possible before for user created yeah. content platforms. We're actually, we're going to have another step of that where the things that make sense that can be written as a smart contract that are, that are concrete enough to actually program will be programmed. But more importantly, the key crux, I think of all of this, you know, the internet, the decentralization of information, the revolutions that happened in that era were in filtering and it, it was about filtering the content and it was about flow of the content. 
the the major revolutions that people don't really think about or like when you're really assessing how things behaved on the internet and what truly changed our our entire relationship to it the like button the share button the rating the the rate rated by users um like those things fundamentally changed everything about how we interacted with the internet and it created the concept of going viral you know the ability to share with the next group of people and for information to spread and splinter in a thousand different directions in a thousand different communities all at once in a matter of seconds like that never before was something like that possible it truly changed things so in the information age and in the decentralization of information flow and filtering were the major uh, the major elements i felt like um or or the major uh revolutions really in in how information uh became came about when you're looking at money money is a tool of trust money is ultimately it is proof of work it's not like it just runs bitcoin runs by proof of work it is proof of work the reason i trust that your bitcoin is valuable is because i know that you didn't get that shit for free you had to do something to get it you either mined it you traded it with somebody else voluntarily it took a lot of work the better it is at actually proving work uh proving past work the more sustainable and uh valuable the society that is birthed from that monetary network becomes that's ultimately all it is is a monetary network society is a monetary network that's it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so in that degree when you when you eliminate the center of trust the the ultimate tools the revolutionary things that will be built on bitcoin and layer 2 and layer 3 in this new economy will be tools of trust they will be how do you break up a relationship that was you previously dependent and make it make it beneficial and hold power into both players into multiple players how do you break up trust how do you create new avenues where you can build trust between each other where you can have a provable identity that you just is a nim but you just yeah. know that this is the person you've always interacted with and you can rate their content you can rate their communication more valuable your trust in the other entities can be your filter for how you how you receive and filter information on the internet the trust ends up becoming the great filter that the internet has yet to solve which only solved with centralized algorithms which have massive problems and centralized issues and censorship and mm-hmm. manipulation and all of these things um that's why like the web of trust idea and like what synonym and uh, uh John Carvalho and like all of them are building that's why i think you put that on top of a peer to peer um uh architecture and the ability to uh uh decentralize the infrastructure itself shit you you you've changed how we relate to information and information becomes weighted by who you received it from and we don't have to have all the answers now to know that oh, we should sure come not. up with answers right like so here's a perfect example this dude that's in in chat right now liberty meat solutions awesome guy I had him on the show his name's Josh he was he's a custom butcher but he would like go to your house and like you need your pig processed he'll go to your house process your pig mm-hmm. package all your meat for you right there Well, he's he's retooling right now to get certain certifications because probably vegans on Facebook ratted him out and the state came out and said what you're doing is unlicensed and there's this whole conglomerate JBS and all that want to control all this stuff. But 
what if to even find access to him, you had to be proven trustworthy so that he can't be narked out by a vegan Karen? And I'm not saying, like, because what people say, well, you know, an agent could get in. and Sure, of course. But, like, how much effort are you going to put into this? Because, like, literally the people that went out and shut him down, the guy was like, I, I don't want to do this. And, like, they, it was not ever, like, it's a complaint-driven it, system. So what if you right. eliminate the complaint? Right. So it's not so much that he would get paid in Lightning, but Lightning and Bitcoin would secure a network because right. I don't need to know it's Josh. I don't need to know it's Liberty Meets yeah. Solutions. What I need to know mm-hmm. is this this person will come to my house and not rob me, shoot me, stab me, take my food, kill my daughter, kick my dog. Like, he's got a good rep. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. He's not going to, like, throw dirt on the meat before he packs it. He's going to do a good job. I don't need his name. I need his reputation. Like, names come second to reputation when it comes to doing business the way we do business online. Like, I would do business with Guy on a name-to-name basis because I know him from his podcast and I know him from interacting with him. Same with Brian. But if I didn't know you as a podcaster and I was buying off your website and people that I knew said, I bought from this dude, he shipped me my thing, it works. That's all I need. Most of my affiliate sales are not the brand I'm selling. It's my reputation. If I say this thing works, it works. If I say the company stands behind it, they stand behind it. You don't need to know it's Jack Spirico. You just need to know my track record. And so there may be a way that even stuff that seems so disconnected from the Internet, lightning, smart contract, like a guy that shows up with a pickup truck and butchers your cow for you. Because butchering your own pig, unless it's a really big pig, if you can butcher a deer, you can butcher a pig. You start butchering a cow, okay, It's without the right equipment, and even with the right, it's a job. And there were people that are like, I can't get into a slaughterhouse for a year. Wow. Because of the, the whole disruption from COVID and all. And, like, okay, this guy will come to your house. How many people That's would there crazy. be like that if they could do it? Like, we talk about people not wanting to work. No, people want to work. This guy wants yeah. to work. Yeah. He wants to come do this well, for you. But there's yep. there's this roadblock. So yep. the technology. And then that's how you brain drain the establishment. Because yeah. now now there's all those new businesses. All those new businesses are created that couldn't, they couldn't, they, where the friction was there. The friction was there. Like, and then now all those new businesses started. That's literal wealth. Like, that's literal now wealth on the side of freedom and on the side of decentralization. Wealth that was not previously there. Monetize narcs. <laughs> I say I monetize n- uh, trolls. He's going to deliver to mutual solutions. Also monetize narcs. It's, or redirect narcs. Like the traffic app would redirect narcs, right? Let's, let's hit. I know you guys are here. We've been here almost two hours. Let's, let's hit a few starred comments and you guys tell me what you think of them and, and anything you want to say too as we wrap up. Thank you so much for being here today. It's a great birthday present. Uh, Mike V, I said, you know, what, what layer three solution do you see? Mike V says restaurant wait time. I, I guess if oh, you had an app and you knew which, so restaurant- go ahead. No, because the, the servers can pick their own shifts. So if there's peak demand, just like Uber, like then the, then the rate goes up, like the rate goes mm-hmm. up, like based on how busy the restaurant is. So when you come in and you're getting paid in real time, you're more likely to like pick up shifts. That's interesting. 
I'm, or, so... or like I, dude, maybe like if you've ever been to a busy bar and then like you go behind the bar and pour your own beer, like I just become the server that day. I yeah. decide that I'm going to start working at the bar today because I don't have anything else going on. Like, so like now I'm the bartender today. So a lot of states have like a TABC requirement as a bartender, but that's just a piece of paper. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying, I, I bet you, right. you're at a busy right. bar. I bet you there's some people on the serve side of the bar yes. that have the certification. So even if the state's getting involved that way, mm-hmm. you know what? I, dude, I got it. And he just logs in with some sort of right. card, like, like a fold card for bartenders mm-hmm. to get paid instead mm-hmm. of to pay. And just says, I, I'm going to pull, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the line down for you. Yes. I'm going to get the line down for you. Yeah. That would be. Even or back to the old ticket. Or back to the old ticket thing. They they'll pay me to leave the restaurant. Like they'll pay me to flip my own table faster. Like so oh. now. Okay. So I'm sitting there and my phone rings. It pops up and says uh, ten thousand sats to leave now. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, we're it's going like to the kicked bar. Off the flight. It's it's like you get kicked off the flight. Yeah, exactly. And then you're incentivized to try. We talked about content. We talked about giveaway. The content helps you find like more rare content. Like now you're suddenly at the dive bar. So suddenly we created more business for the fancy, like this fancy restaurant, and we created more business for the other restaurant down the street that doesn't get all the lines. Also, maybe the restaurant down the street pays me to leave. Mm-hmm. I have an over, I have a surplus. This restaurant, this bar has yeah. a, yeah, a, a, a greater a, a, and then a surplus. He, and then you have an overage agreement with the emptier bar. So now you're an affiliate for your competitor. Oh, you're monetizing competition. You're monetizing competition at that point. I had an idea a long time ago, and it was, it really did, I didn't really understand lightning yet. But I was, what I was talking about was monetizing the truth. And so we have all these experts that set all these policies. What if you, if you wanted to be an expert, you wanted your opinion respected, and I, as a joke, I was like, we'll have a website called muxperts.com, right? Muxperts.io, since it's an app. And so you register that you're an expert and you have to tender consideration to be recognized as an expert. And then that all goes into like an escrow. And at the end of each cycle, all the experts that issued opinions were right. Get all the money of all the experts who issued opinions that were wrong. Because it would be really interesting to see the wealth redistribution right now with opinions about like medicine and science and stuff like that. Wouldn't it like provable Again, like a smart contract type technology that says this thing, did, it's, it's, a, it's a one and zero. This thing did or did not occur. So all the people that said like 10 million people are going to die, did 10 million people die? No. Okay, fine. You all lose and these people win. And if you want to then continue to be an expert, you have to retender your escrow every, every quarterly, annually, whatever. And, and now you have a, a system where if you want credibility, you have to pay to play. And if you're right, you're compensated. And if you're wrong, it costs you. Mm-hmm. And I, that might be a little pie in the sky, but I think there's something there. You know, there's something in, um, I, I would like going back to like the idea of what you could do in meat space, like, um, physical products or physical services is it would be very, very interesting. Like there was, there was an idea that I thought was really cool that I, um, God, it was back in 2012, maybe 2013 in Bitcoin. A guy had uh nation state insurance Ooh. is that if you you purchased in Bitcoin 
a insurance policy, so to speak. Uh, he was a journalist, um, an activist, uh, and essentially, if you are attacked by the state unfairly, um, or if, if you were just attacked by the state for something that was not immoral, um, this included like things that were illegal, like smoking weed or whatever in a jurisdiction in which weed is actually illegal. Like okay. it essentially has its own little like quote unquote rules is that they would essentially run a campaign with your subscription funds to defend you, to bring you attention on the internet, to get your message out there, to get people like, you know, signing the petition, you know, like that sort of thing. It was an insurance policy for exposure of an injustice. Okay. Um, now it, I think the guy just kind of like fell away from it. The Bitcoin network was not there yet. There weren't even enough people who had Bitcoin for something like that to even be sustainable. So it like fell away after like a year or something like that. But it was, it was immediately to me, I was like, Oh shit, that's a really interesting idea. Like a Satoshi um, legal shield. Yeah. In, in a <laughs> sense. Um, and, uh, you can fund your own defense. Um, and there's an interesting element of could you have the Uber of, security of uh of being protected in a space where yeah you know you pay ten dollars or twenty dollars a month or whatever uh worth of bitcoin into some account or some uh local fediment or a uh, you know federated side chain or something like that where um it gets paid out if you're in a if you're ever in a hefty situation uh and like somebody attacks you or whatever somebody else who's also part of this network comes in and helps you um, and, and then like a trusted relation. I mean, there's all sorts of problems and there's all sorts of like proof and verification of these things and like how these th payouts happen. But in the sense you're able to, if you can create a situation with the money where you're, it's not trusted, yeah. where there is, there is a, uh, you only pay for the service. If you get the service, you can, and you can apply that to security. You can start to undermine the very reason you have police. You can start to undermine the very reason you have the state in the first place because essentially violence right now is connected to control of the money, which means that the violence is can be used, A, to protect you or also to abuse you if, and, and take your capital, which enforces the ability for them to use violence. If you can protect your capital in that relationship – then the violence can only be used profitably for you, not against you. Correct. And you can, you can begin to create a new relationship between somebody who has violent authority over you. If you always have this key in your back pocket that says, I'm, you're not even going to be able to steal it from me. I'm going to destroy the money if you use this violence in the wrong way. Um, so it could end up even working more like a, uh, a legal defense health share. So some of the health share alternatives yeah. to, to health insurance, like, dude, it's the, not the just my money. Crowd help looks so cool. Yeah, have you had him on yet? No. I'm, I'm thinking of having him on, and I'm Who, genuinely, seriously thinking about having getting his service. My, uh, my current like disaster insurance, which is stupid, expensive, and shit, just garbage. Like my quote unquote deductible is like ten grand or something like that. I'm paying like 150 bucks a month. Like it's awful. Um, and uh, uh, and I had like some stupid like random scare uh, out of nowhere. Like I had. Like I basically lost blood to my head, like a, like a, a blood pressure thing. And it turned out to be like a totally no big deal. Um, I had just been uh, half working out more than I actually did. And 
I was not hydrated. I hadn't eaten anything. And it was just like a combination of things that just ended up with like an extremely low blood pressure for like a minute. Um, but I had, I got like $12,000 in bills from that ship. Holy oh, crap. Like it's like, it's, it's just for, just for a trip to the hospital. Um, and I, like the insurance was like not even, it's like why? Did they why? do anything? Yeah. That's you know, um, the only good thing out but of I'm, my I'm legit thinking about that shit. I, I, what is it, it called? It just doesn't make sense. Crowd health. Crowd health. Crowd health. And they're, they're partnering with Bitcoiners too, so that you can actually have a service specifically for other people who are Bitcoiners and you can hold part of your funds because you basically pay in every month. Part of it goes to a service fee for the company. Um, this is as I understand it. I haven't actually been right. able to berate him with questions yet, but, um, as I understand it is you pay part of a service fee, which their job is to just negotiate price for you. You send them bill, uh, send them bills and they call up the hospital and be like, this is a ridiculous price. Give me something yeah. legitimate. Yeah. Like give me something yeah. sensible. Um, and so, and I happily, happily would pay for that service. And then, uh, everything else, the, the other portion of your monthly fee is a savings account that can go to any of these bills that you submit. And then the excess is that you can fund it with other people in the group. Yeah. Like, like it would be like one of those things where like every time like a medical bill came in, like I feel like if I'm in this thing, I would just put $50 on it to, to yeah. help pay off everybody else's because I know that when my medical bill comes in, they'll, they'll return the favor, you know, like I'm actually benefit. I'm, I'm donating to the crowd for them to help fund me in the situation if the situation is reversed. So that's um, how some of these health shares work right now. Like members literally vote and say like, this is a legitimate medical expense. We're willing to cover it or something. Um, but with a legal defense, it could even be more powerful because most people need some form of medical care on an annual basis. So it's, it's going to be a tip. Any kind of insurance product is going to be expensive relative to its use. So a seldom used insurance product is cheap. A frequently used insurance product is expensive, right? So that's why auto insurance really isn't that expensive because it's not, we don't use auto insurance to pay for oil changes. People want health insurance to pay for their well baby checkup or whatever, like things you're going to do on an, you know, your annual checkup or whatever, where we, in car insurance, somebody hits us, we, it, it's covered or we hit somebody, it's covered. So legal insurance, you know, unless you're selling it to criminals, career criminals, it's probably not going to be used that often. So by load sharing that, it could be incredibly affordable and incredibly powerful where all of a sudden the, the state decides to come after Guy Swan because he's got too many people on Bitcoin. Okay, good luck. Here's a network of a million people contributing $20 a month, and now we are all angry with you. We are all upset with you. You picked on one of our guys. We're sorry. It's, you know, it, we're, it, it's just our job. It, it's, it's not personal. It's just that you picked on one of our guys, and he meets the criteria That's for defense. Okay, I'm just so following the rules of our. We're just following here. the rules. We're just following the the smart contracts orders. <laughs> like the smart contract has no feelings. It gave us orders, and now we have to do this because you did the other thing. And I'm sorry. Now bad things have to happen. And then you're really that's like kind of going back to my dream app is let's disintermediate the state attacking innocent, peaceful, not people that are not harming anyone. And there was an app a lot like this where something happens, like cops are bothering you. You didn't really do anything wrong. And next thing you know, there's supposed to be 10 people with smartphones 
videoing yeah. them. And if you're in New yeah. Hampshire, that happens naturally with Free State Project. Anywhere else, this you app, sit and get the video and you get part of the, the yeah. share of like it, 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 it. That is decentralized protection right there. That, that's like crowdsourced protection. So I don't know if it's still around. There was an app that was supposed to do this. It was called Cell 411. And that was exactly what it was supposed to do. People would join it. They would form these groups. And, like, you break down, people show up and help you. There's a pro- like, So it wasn't just law enforcement. It was I broke down, um, I'm lost, whatever. Like, your people in your cell would help you. Well, if you monetize that, it's much more powerful because yeah. people do what benefits them. Right. And the other thing is, it's not even about does it directly benefit me from a financial standpoint. If I have to tender some consideration to be part of it, I value it more. Like I give away my content for free, but I give away nothing else for free. Because if if I give it for free, people don't really care. It doesn't really matter. Like I've given people opportunities with my brand and said, like, if you do this, you can have a I've given people 100 percent profit on on an initiative if they'll do it. Because I just wanted the customer to have the new thing. They don't do anything. They don't take it seriously. But when people have to put skin in the game, all of a sudden they're more involved. Yeah. Yeah. I found that too, that like the value that you place on something, uh, will correspond to the value they assume it is. Yeah. Um, so that if you give away something for free, people are like, well, he's doing that because it's not worth anything. Um, and it's, it's perfectly natural. There's nothing, particularly in an era where every, attention is everything. What, you're going to waste two hours on content that you know somebody yeah. else is and somebody else doesn't value themselves um Correct. so like it's it's why like courses or things like that like you might get a hundred people to do your bitcoin tutorial or something like that if uh if you have it for free like a bitcoin course or something like that yeah to charge 40 bucks for it you might you may very well get a thousand um so there's a, there's an interesting thing there particularly when we're talking about like unique monetization methods um, is how to how to treat your own relationship with your content um, to others. Um, but uh, uh, there was shit. I had something that I was coming. I was wrapping back around to and I lost it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can remember what it was because I thought it was I thought it was something fun. See if you can remember. JH says, "How would a developer coming out of a degree program get into layer three for apps they build?" Uh, I, I last time I wrote some code, it was like 2004 and it was PHP. So I, I. Uh, <laughs> so what I would say to anyone like looking to get into Bitcoin development is start like contributing somewhere. I always just shout out BTC Pay Server on that. Like I would join the BTC Pay Server live chat and then like ask directly in that live chat, and they have like product managers and project managers that'll talk to you about what you work on. Um, that then will give you probably a more um, specific place to help. Dude, build plugins. Build plugins for BTC Pay. Uh, if I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but BTC Pay is remarkable. It is a remarkable tool, but there are a lot of things that I want to do with it that I can't do. I would pay, I would pay out the ass. I would, I would directly pay somebody who thought they could build a plugin for me to do A, B, or C. Um, I would happily just fund out. I would happily fund it. We need a yeah. website. I will pay out the ass.com and you just put up what you would pay out the ass for. And then if somebody bills it, they automatically get money like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's why. So you want to grab some reputation like on your GitHub, like with contributions to a place like BTC Pay Server, get through that a little bit and then, yeah, start tackling some of those. And I would also say like whether it's virtual today or real world, 
many, many, many years ago, I made kind of a switch in my life from sales to marketing. And I went from making a, a relatively high six-figure salary to making a like $50,000 a year salary for, for about a year. And I did it simply so I could surround myself with people that were practicing my, the new trade I wanted to get into. And it made me so much better to work alongside them and see what they were doing and learn from them. And so get in anywhere you can at any price you can initially to work with people doing what you want to do. And you'll find that your mentors, not always people that are smarter than you or more important than you or make more money than you. They're people doing the thing you already want to do. And it's, it's sort of like learning by osmosis, but it's, it's not, I don't know how else to describe it. When you work with people who are good, you become better at doing what you, what you both do. Uh, Car rental service for Uber drivers, so you can split fares. That would be cool. Doesn't Uber already have where you can rent somebody else's car? Yeah, right. Like sure. a driver, you get a car. Oh. Oh, Turo no, has no. that. Uh, tur- yeah, what? that. Thank you. Thank Turo you. has that. What I was going to say is Uber already has, like, the – Uber kind of has the non-lightning example of this where you can buy a car, like, and almost finance it with that, like, you're going to drive on it. So they'll already yeah. kind of let you, like, start going. But you're right. Like, having ha- – what does that all hinge back to? All that hinges back to like lending is only done by like these big like places that then check credit scores and like do all this stuff. And so then you have the barrier to entry of that thing. But if we get to the point of like, yeah, combining like Turo and Uber directly of mm-hmm. where if I like, if I have an excess car and you have excess labor, yes, like it's, it's just constantly easier to make these matches. Okay, Builder of Castles says, anyone have a horror story to share for going to bank trying to get or transfer money? Layer 3 makes it go away. I think at least to a degree it does. I think Bitcoin to a degree makes that go away. Like- Man, I'll tell you some shit. It's the last time I went to the bank. Um, so I have a business account and a personal with a PNC. Dude, trying to connect it so that I can easily move money between the two. Um, like I almost never use them now. The only thing that my uh, business account... Like, if you look at, like, my statement, everything is just a transfer to fold. <laughs> like, I don't actually use the card anymore, but yeah, I still end up right. receiving it to, to to move a lot of things um, because uh, I have a couple of Bitcoin loans from Unchained. So I still, I still end up cycling through that. I'm hoping to get rid of it completely. But I have gone in three times, three times to do the in-person verification to connect my personal account to my business account. Just so I can I can go into the account online and say I want a thousand dollars to move from account A to account B or back and forth at the same bank at the same bank and I I uh, like I said I've tried to do this three times still can't do it still can't do it I don't know what it is it fails every time they tell me it's going to be three days and everything's going to work. Um, and I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. And I, I went in one day is in the middle of the day. It was like not busy at all. It was like during like a low time. There were two other people in the bank. So I'm in there trying to solve this problem. And I am at my wits end. I, like, I'm just like, I'm so fed up with this. I'm just like, I, it's retarded that I'm here talking to you. I had to take time out of my, I had to drive down here. I am in person with you. Please, Jesus fucking Christ, solve this problem. And while I was in there, this, uh, uh, this dude comes in and he's trying to withdraw $9,000. They said, I'm sorry, we don't have that much cash. Uh, and you have to go to your like 
local, the one that's specifically in your area. There's like an approved thing that he can get cash from. They had to turn him away. An old lady came in with a bunch of change to turn it into cash. They couldn't do it. They denied her. So two people came in. This was the only two people who came into the place while I was in there. Two people came in. One to exchange one type of money for a different type of money, and the other to get cash out of their account. Both were denied. The the bank. The this is their only job. <laughs> this is all that they do. I I was dumbfounded. I'm just sitting here like talking to this person, trying to get verified so I can move money in my own account. I was just like, holy fucking Jesus, Bitcoin cannot destroy you fast enough. <laughs> God. I've been in since. It's like I said, it still doesn't work. I don't know. It. I've been using Apple Cash to transfer. Like I move it to my Apple account or my Fold account. I've actually used Fold before too because you can actually do ACH um, to move money around. It's like, yeah, you had one job. You had one job. Like, I'm new to Fold, and I think I actually heard about it from you first, guy, and it's it's wonderful. I bought a I bought a fifteen dollar replacement for our Neutron Ninja because my wife dropped it and cracked it yesterday. Yeah, and I got like thirty five hundred sats back on a spin from buying a fifteen dollar thing, right? Well, like, yeah, because like extra spins, man. And I'm building my spin squad out. And like that's like you don't really think of Fold as a lightning company, but it is because all that Bitcoin that's moving around in the back end, that's all lightning based. Yeah. If you think I've about actually, the amounts they're moving, it has to be. You can't you can't move 500 sats on chain and do it, you know, the way they're doing it and make money. Well, see, the thing is, that, like, they actually take Lightning for like their gift cards or whatever. So, like, cool. I can buy on Amazon with like a three percent back um, using Lightning, uh, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, Amazon has not seen has not done a charge on a credit card or a debit card of mine in. I don't know however long I've signed up for Fold. I just do nothing but their gift cards. Nothing but their gift cards, and I get sats back on all that shit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, Fold is, Fold is great. Like, if you're stuck having to use Fiat, I use Fold like crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. The second yeah. I can get rid of PNC entirely, the bank entirely, it'll just be Fold. It'll be Fold until Fiat's dead. <laughs> So Liberty Meat Solution says Keat looks really cool. I'm not jumping it fully yet until they have a mobile, but it could replace StreamYard. That would be interesting. Like we're on StreamYard right now. I'm paying them to use their platform. If somebody gave me a platform that people paid to interact with us on, and maybe it would help us with the trolls. We've had trolls we've had to get rid of. You know, Adam Curry has a thing. They have they call it Troll Army, and like the trolls are allowed to have a voice, but they have to pay to talk. Yeah. Right. So like, do you know the old saying like I live rent free in your head? Well, now you have to pay. <laughs> you have to pay rent to be in my head, right? Like so, like that's an interesting thing because I was I, I was listening to your. You could absolutely before. replace Streamyard. It's so fast and the quality is like great because it's just straight peer to peer. And anybody yeah. who who is actually watching the stream becomes a peer. They become a seater. So they can. So the more people you have in the group, the better it works. Yeah, and if if you can make it really simple for the average person who doesn't understand apps, like the the, the you have to do anything. Like, you install this thing, and there it is. Because yeah. like, so you, you right install now, and you have a link. That's it. I'm using Streamyard, but I'm not talking to you on Streamyard. I'm talking to you on YouTube. I'm talking to you on Odyssey. We're talking to you on. Uh, we're on Brian's YouTube channel as well. We're on Twitch, whatever. But what if we were talking to you on Stream App, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Satoshi Stream App. 
And so like then we're uncensorable. In fact, mm-hmm. the app provider, like you were saying, they don't even know what you're what you're hosting. Right. They don't they don't have any. Like, you're acting yeah. as a, a peer. I think you said a uh, guy and that you, you can't even see if somebody else puts something on there, what it is. Yeah, no, the the way Keat works right now, like you just yeah. have to be in the group. But I'm just saying because it's natively end-to-end encrypted is yeah. that it would take very little change for me to be a host of a room that I'm actually okay. not allowed into. Oh. That I, that I can't see anything that actually goes on inside the room. That makes a little goosebumps go on my arm. <laughs> I, have a, I have a comment to his, his point about not fully jumping in until they're on mobile. So I... Like, I I don't think it's always bad to, like, let apps mature until you jump in. Like, and so I'll just say this for the group. Like, I, I go in cycles of, like, testing a bunch of stuff, and then I'll, like, delete a bunch of stuff and, like, move move the stuff that I liked, like, to the front page of my phone. So it's, like, in my face. And then, like, today was, like, through the forcing function of coming here and talking to you guys today, I, like, re-got Fountain, and now I'm, like, putting it on the home screen of my phone and, like, re-going at it today. And so to kind of the comments throughout the show of the, like, it sounds like we're talking about pie-in-the-sky stuff that's, like, happening in the future, part of the reason for that can be because you're trying to test out too many things that are, like, quote-unquote buggy, just for lack of a better word, or, like, raw at the same time. That can lead to a lot of frustration. Like, my wife and I just got done with like five months of like using like a get on zero, like Bitcoin, like checking app. And like, we like hit very real, like frustrating, like snags on that. And so that can like, that can kind of mute your enthusiasm. And so definitely like go in waves with that. Um, and anyone who, yeah, just already is in like homesteading or any of that other stuff, you understand what it's like to like bite off more than you chew or try to do too many things at two, uh, like at a time, drive yourself thin or whatever. And so I would just tackle bit. I just want to say that like, it's okay to tackle Bitcoin in the same way. Like if you're just at the stage of sending Bitcoin back and forth, people sweet, like be at that stage, move the wallet to the front of your phone, like not in the back of your phone, like move it to the front and like move on that. So yeah. Yeah. I think there's like some of these apps too are like helping people that don't even like the more advanced is helping people that don't get the the less advanced. Like my wife still shows well, what is yeah. Bitcoin? How does yep. it work? I don't understand why yep. it's worth money, but yep. I got her using Fountain and she listens to podcasts. Mommy, she's like, I hear you enough, right? She's listening. Yep. It's like with the kids, yep. she listens to like a podcast called Get Smarted, yep. and and she listens to that in the car. She's like stacking sats on Fountain, and she's like, Well, I get this. Yeah, I understand this, that today I made 1500 sats doing something I would do anyway. It's, it's pennies, but it's still like I was going to do this anyway. And like that, that like incentivizing attention, I think is going to be huge. Um, and I'm with you, like, don't try to do too many things at one time and like have some patience with some of these next gen apps, man. They're like, they're new. I mean, lightning's still in beta. And then you're building on a beta product with an alpha product. Like, give these guys a little bit of breathing room. Uh, but then know that you're part of the process. So, like, her yes. listening to Fountain in the thing is part of it. Like, she is doing the work also. Like, yes. that is helping. And so everything that may have been a little bit more of a stretch goal that we talked about today of, like, creating contracts between people and doing needs-based business and all these other things, like, she's contributing to that. Like, and again, and so everyone is contributing. We're pulling more productivity out of everything. 
And, so, and because when you use closed end software, when you go and use closed end software that's just delivered to you, you're not part of the process. When you correct. send in your feedback into the like dark hole feedback that a product manager may or may not read or whatever, that's working yeah. for a soulless corporation. Like you're not part of the process. You're just waiting for the next thing or whatever. This you literally are like Bitcoin. It's being built live right now. I agree. Liberty Meat Solutions says there's a WordPress plugin now that allows you to require all comments to pay a small lightning fee. If a bot wants to pay me to spam, let them. I think that's – that's like – so anybody could have built that, right? Like it's a complete open source environment. Anybody that has enough skill to do WordPress plugins, like if you think there's a thing that WordPress should do right now, it's like the largest ins website installed base on the planet. It, to that earlier question, you could be building that right now. Uh, let's see, steady presence. I'm following the conversation closely to see what's next for apps like Airbnb. I, I think that's a natural fit. I think anything where money exchanges, there's a, a potential for splits. There's a potential to disintermediate these large mega corporations that have, to be fair, huge amounts of cost by replacing them not with somebody with better intentions, but somebody just doesn't have the cost. Like if I can lower my price, as an entrepreneur and do more business and make more money, I will. But if I have fixed costs that I have to cover, then I have to charge. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I think it could go anywhere. They have a restaurant. It's like the farm to table is ideal for it because basically they should be marketing. No, we don't have a fixed menu. No, we don't have any lamb right now. You know why? No, no lamb came in this week. This is what we have. So then you have a fluid supply chain and a fluid, fluid delivery in, and you need flexibility to make that work. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go around the horn, guys. Thank you. First of all, thank you both for being here today. Thank you for spending over two hours of your time. Uh, I didn't see it going this long, but I'm glad that it did. Guy, I know you're busy as, as heck because you're a new daddy, and we yeah. even had some, some baby feeding going on here today. That's a multitasking. <laughs> That's high-end multitasking, so thank you for being here. But tell everybody about yourself and where they can learn more about you. And any final words, any final thoughts you have on anything, take as much time as you want. Yeah, so um, I am the guy Swan on Twitter. I host the Bitcoin Audible podcast. Um, and literally, if you want to, I mean, I've been talking the whole last week kind of about this stuff, <laughs> actually, on the show. Um, and I've got a lot more coming specifically because right now, like, this is, like, super exciting to me. I'm actually going to have the guys on that are making Keat, have built Keat and Hole Punch um, tomorrow on the show. Cool. So um, I'm going to be, I'm going to finally get to pick their brains. It might take two hours. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm the guy who's read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know, bitch. And <laughs> uh, you should listen to the show. <laughs> I, I concur. Ryan? Hey, uh, Brian Harrington. I'm at Brain Harrington across all social. Um, I have a podcast called Bitcoin is Hard, and it's uh, about the intersection of Bitcoin and personal finance. Because I think OG Bitcoiners did a great job of talking about Bitcoin, but they didn't super do a great job of talking about personal finance. And with everything that's happened in the last, like, uh, two years, I just don't, like, the old personal finance advice doesn't work anymore. And so we're writing the personal finance advice live right now, too and smoothing out, you know, the future and the past. So um, I'm also just really thankful for Jack's channel because I'm like relatively new to homesteading and I'm working on like opting out at like that layer also. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
Well, again, guys, thanks for being here today, folks. Uh, when this goes live on the audio side, if you want to boost us and you want to make sure that Brian and Guy get their splits, make sure you boost the episode, not my show, because I'm going to set the splits up at the episode level, both on the TSP side and the Bitcoin breakout side. Again, guys, thank you for being here today, and this was a fantastic discussion. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. They gonna bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month. 